everybody, and welcome to the Polarized Podcast. It is I, James Lindsay, your host, and I'm here to talk to you about polarizing movies. These movies can be found on Rotten Tomatoes, where audiences, audiences, plural, many audi- audiences and critics alike, I should not say alike, different <laughs> mortal enemies go face-to-face in the ring with tomatoes, rotten and fresh, and duke it out to see who comes out on top. Many a time, there's a consensus, but not here in the polarized zone. Uh, In the polarized zone, shit gets dicey, and there's no consensus. (laughs) No, no consensus whatsoever. That's when me and a certain other someone Uh, comes in uh, as the wrecking crew... Yeah, the Rankin crew. To figure it out. Yes, 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 yes. Who is this person? Who is this person talking? Who's there? Who is that? Tell me who this is. It's the man, the mystery. You've read about him. You've heard about him. You've seen him on Twitch. It's me, Brandon Stables. The great Brandini. The great Brandini uh, is also what I go uh, go by. Um, Big Pimpin Mm -hmm. is another one. Yeah. Together, uh, yeah. we've been known as Huey Big and Dewey. Hey, hey, and there's an occasional Louie. Hell yeah. We are here. We're back. We took a week off uh, because of Kanye. Uh, <laughs> he had a, he, he had a listening party, uh, his third one. That was last Thursday, which is typically when we do it. And I was like, James, can we push <laughs> it back? It's not because I didn't want to watch this movie, even though it was kind of that. It was also that there was a Kanye listening party. And I Donda to do that. or Crystal Skull, decisions, decisions. Donda. Donda. <laughs> and, and I was I was like, that's fine. I can I can punt Put this, this uh, kingdom of a crystal skull a week. I'm I'm okay with that. I'm okay. This this is one of those moments where it feels like a labor of love, you know, where you're just putting up with the bullshit because you know what, at the end of the day, you get a real sense of satisfaction from coming together with people you care about talking about something. And man, yeah, it it definitely required a little bit of um the commitment was felt um, this week, and yeah, I mean, I'm I'm excited to talk about what we're the movie we're going to talk about. Um, you know what? Me I'll too. let you introduce it now. Let's let's you know. Today we, we will about? be talking about Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, a critically acclaimed picture. It is uh-huh. uh, running at a hot. Certified fresh, 78% uh, critics, 53% audience. Um, But before I go any further, it it would be rude for me not to welcome our very special guest into the building. Incredibly special. Uh, Such a... Separate building, you know what I mean. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) It's, we're in the The house of, you know, just like we saw the house of Donda, we're now in the house of Polarized. (laughs) We are here together to you know we've experienced this movie and now we got a lot to talk about brandon's trying to railroad this whole thing into a donda review uh i want to 
I'm going to do it. I know you would much prefer to talk about that over over this movie. Oh, my God. I know that I'm going to railroad this conversation at some point and go, this is like Donda XYZ. But we're, yeah, we got a special guest today. Yes, Uh, very special. We got a funny guy. We got a guy who loves movies. We got a a good friend. Uh, We have Mr. Danny Birch today. How are you doing? Danny. Hey, big pimpin. <laughs> hey. hey, there he is. Guys, what's going on? What's up to the polar bears out there? <laughs> hey, you polar bears. <laughs> oh, man. Bears. Danny, you a polar bear? Dude, I didn't know you were a polar bear. You're our first polar bear. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, man. Fucking. Uh, when I was listening, I caught up on a couple older episodes and I was like, they don't have like a name for their listeners. I was like, dude, it's got to be like the polar bears or. <laughs> You know, like the bipolars, like yeah, Ooh, yeah, for your polyamorous crowd. <laughs> oh, <laughs> or your Kanye fans, you know. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. If Brandon's trying to, <laughs> he's he's turning this into something else. He's gonna get the bi the bipolar uh, Kanye fans in here. He's trying to do a Kanye spinoff. Mm-hmm. Uh, a, I mean, yeah, he's a polar he's a polarizing I, uh, figure. It could it could work. You just do polarizing people <laughs> i i want all of the people with bipolar to love this podcast and i hope they do i'm just putting that out there yeah that's that is our stance on, on this podcast you know what? buy it's anything kinda, um, you know it's fundamental to the format uh people who just will be hot and cold on things this is we're in that talking about hot and cold we're, this is we're kind of the perfect it. podcast for you i guess well yeah we we want some hard attitudes. Like we want some strong opinions on things. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Stronger than yeah. that's that's where I'm trying to get. I need to get. I need. I've been talking about uh, these past episodes as well, where I've been really landing in the sixty or seventy mark, and and the occasional really. We've <laughs> we talked about some turds <laughs> like today, um, but I, I don't I'm, think there's going to be a problem with this one. Yeah. Oh yeah, this one's going to be. Yeah. It's going to be a pretty oh. cut and dry. Yeah. Oh, this is yeah. Certified fresh. Am I right, boys? Hey, certified fresh. This is a certified fresh fresh movie. I could say it ten more times, and I still won't believe it. Aren't we so glad that this is in uh, film history? We're so blessed to have a movie like this to be certified fresh. Man, weren't weren't we challenged by this movie? Weren't we? Didn't we see something new? Like, oh God. Damn it. I'm so I'm blown away <laughs> by this. Uh, <laughs> like, Brandon, you seem I, upset. Okay, so <laughs> my my understanding of choosing tomatoes is that tomatoes can get, they have a kind of a thin skin, and they also are have so much, uh, like, they're filled with a lot that is held together in a way that, yeah, like m- maybe some people won't like it, and it does have a thin skin. But if you make the argument that this is got substance, this is uh, a fresh take on something, then it is certified fresh. This is what the site should be about, and it is so mind blowing to me that it is class. This movie, the Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, is a certified fresh movie. I just it, this is kind of like an inverse of of what we how we started our hook episode. I feel like because we were just blown away <laughs> that you know another Spielberg movie, uh, blown away that Hook was rated so low by critics, and then this is. 
I mean, it's it's yeah, no, it's fair to com- I mean, they're very different movies, but to to compare the two, it's like the critics like this movie more than Hook. Well, one's good and one's bad. Like that's crazy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's, that's insane. No. How do you feel this about is, Hook, Danny? Do you this, like Hook? This just shows people are their own ass. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, sure. Hook is the dream, dude. Hook is the shit. And like, yeah. sure, when you get older and you go to back and watch it, it's not everything that you know. Nothing lives up to what it was when you were a kid, but mm-hmm. Hook is the shit still. Like when you go yeah. back and you look at it, there was a lot of detail and funness to it, mm-hmm. and it's like you know they they made their own world, and all the people in it oh. brought their A game. Everybody was trying to do something awesome. I mean, versus this, where and also Hook. I mean, Hook was still also a kind of a fresh take on the Peter Pan story. You know, totally. it, that is true. You're talking about a. Yeah, for sure. That is entirely. But you can see, I, I think I'm, I mentioned versus... in that ep- episode how excited people get talking about that movie. It just proves my point. I want to, I want to ask everybody we have on this show how they feel about Hook because I can just get that. I sense that excitement in your voice about about that uh, that movie. Absolutely. Oh, totally. I mean, to use a cooking term, Hook is like a deconstructed Peter Pan, if you think. Mm. Of it. Oh, it, it, it's you turning it on its opposite peter pan is about a boy who never wants to grow up this is about a grow- what sorry say mm-hmm. that again danny i think we're, we're having some- is about a grown a grown-up who needs to like kind of become uh, discover his childhood again mm-hmm. like Maybe and I, you're touching on maybe you know, the polarizing part of that up. movie too. People didn't really yeah. enjoy seeing that seeing Peter Pan grow up, grown up. I think. Yeah, a lot of the family stuff. Where I thought started. it was great. All the bits with Brad and the cell phone and the dog. Oh, you like oh the cell phone draw? The cell phone draw. Is Honestly, I love it. I love it all. I love. Yeah. I love the, the parachute and the. Bouncing the ball mm. on, on the on the on the air the air machine on the on the plane <laughs> the and everything. Plane, I love machine. like oh my you're going to get sucked out. It stressed me out so <laughs> much. I love that. Were you talking about where he opens the parachute? That's so cool. I love that shot so much. Oh yeah. Oh that yeah. That, that was oh yeah. That was such a beautiful but, shot. Yeah, that that movie is spectacular. Yeah, you, you had Bob Hot, Hopkins doing like fucking God's work in it. Yeah, yeah, dude, he's oh, the guy played- incredible. Possibly the best part of that movie. He, yeah. he steals the show, and, and amazingly, from all these um, other great actors as well, and this great director, and he's just killing it as as Shmi, killing it. Bring brings so much life into that into those moments because, uh, yeah, we don't have to rehash this entirely. I know, I know. Uh, sorry, uh, Bob, Bob Hoskins. Oh man, I, I think it just is a good like. Rocks set up to where we're at because this is a that was another point in steven spielberg's career kind of a trend i think kind of a transitionary period for him moving into more serious material material i think following hook a little bit and he started to uh go yeah i think he was starting to do do more a little more serious material after that and during that phase in his life i think that was close to like color purple was uh was it empire of the sun or or whatever and then, so that was just a whole other phase. Critics reacted adversely to that phase in his career. This is him coming back to known material post that, eh, he, nah, I guess not post that kind of serious sort of phase, but I'd say 9-11 did a number on his movies. And a lot of his movies were really affected by it, by that as far as like War of the Worlds and, and Munich and, and uh, 
and, and stuff like that. I mean, Minority Report even is is definitely has its influences on on everything, which I, I love. I love that movie too. But this is him going back to fun. I don't know. Catch Me If You Can has has a lot of fun. Very has a lot of drama <laughs> as well with um you know a lot of stuff with oh, that yeah. seems very personal to his life with his uh his family life and everything. Very personal movie, I think that one. Uh, even though it's a true story, but this one, again, this one is just seems like, oh, well, he's going back to known material, something fun. Uh, George Lucas is making, is helping make another movie, uh, 2008. So this was, when, when was the episode three? That was, you know, not two. That's one. Was that, yeah, that was probably the last around something like one of the last things he had done was episode three of the prequel star, you know, Star Wars, which was, you know, for sure. I'm yeah. curious what those ratings are on on Rotten Tomatoes. I could see that being a polarizing situation. At least it is now. There, you know, those movies have their own uh, renaissance now to a lot of a lot of people that were growing up with them. Uh, but that all that aside, this on paper was was something that people like piqued everyone's interest. To, to put it very lightly, people I think were very lightly, yeah. yeah, very jacked to see this movie. But also, I think kind of precocious. About, you know, it's like, well, Harrison Ford's getting up there a little bit in age. Like, it's surprising that they're, you know, really deciding to do this again. Um, and there was all, all this well, talk yeah, about, in, like, in passing the mantle. In, What's like, up? the year 2000, they tried to come out with, like, a young Indiana Jones TV show. Probably trying to, like, phase in somebody new. And River Phoenix did like some of that stuff. On or did, did that, right? Or he did? Yeah. He, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think so. Looking up Steven well, Spielberg no, right now. Oh man, River Phoenix. The beginning of Last Crusade, playing young Indiana That's Jones. right. That's, That's right. Phoenix. Yes. That's mm-hmm. right. Correct. Which and I then, oh man, but then I, love I don't Last Crusade. know about. I don't. I don't know if they locked him in for the TV show. Gotcha. Um, because this that is in like great. the year two thousand. So I'm thinking River Phoenix was probably. Mm-hmm. I think he was dead by that yeah yeah you're right i was that it was um, that scene that, that i was thinking of you can tell that they tried to you, you can tell that they tried to bring life back into the franchise and it just mm-hmm. nobody was going for young indiana jones so then they're like fuck we gotta get harrison ford to do it again and they got him between naps it seems like because <laughs> <laughs> he i mean he's He's, he's, it looks like he just woke up or he's trying to go to bed and you're bugging him. Yeah. That's kind of, he has that sour, surly attitude, which is like part of his charm as well. Uh, and, and that's, but I don't know. I've seen him even more. I feel like, a, you know, this isn't a full Hollywood homicide situation yeah, uh, with right. Josh Hartnett where he's like, <laughs> like against everything that's going on. Like, this is, I think, the beginnings yeah. of, of older... No, not the beginnings, but I think just we we had to come to terms with an older Indiana Jones um, at that point in the movie. And, yeah, man, to see all the... It's one thing to ha- have an older Indiana Jones, but then to lean into the camp and make him do just shit that he'd never done in his whole career as Indiana Jones in the, any of the other movies. You know, maybe the cra- one of the crazier things is maybe like the some of the temple of doom stuff like the bridge or the minecart stuff 
Um, but the stuff that he does in this movie and the yeah, toll that his like body a... goes through, like he would be a broken man by by the end. No. Well, I mean, by the refrigerator, he'd be like disintegrated, but whatever. Born, like Fast and the Furious vibe to him at all. Like I was getting kind of like a like there was certain stuff with like all the cars and stuff and all the motorcycles where you could tell they're trying to like amp up all those action sequences. And then like, yeah, you see. He jumps in the back of like vehicles and just beats the shit out of like four or five people uh-huh. in like close combat fighting and stuff. And it's like, then he just goes immediately back to like, I'm just a sad old, gr- grumpy old man or whatever. <laughs> and it, a lot of that is <laughs> in him. Up. I mean, that's a, a huge problem to start talking about the movie that I have with it is, is that it is so apparent when he is not the one doing the movements in the scene oh, because yeah. there okay. there is such a stark oh, yeah. differ- difference between somebody who just has like a little bit more grease in the joints than he does. He just there's this really oh, you great can see muscles on the back. There's this really great scene. I know I'm jumping ahead, but it's just for this point is that they're like at the end of the movie where they're going down into this like temple kind of area. And um, he's like going down steps and there's such a like, uh, 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 like just Mm -hmm. kind of struggling to get down a flight of stairs. just yeah, but did you vibe. did like you see Jim Broadbent out. running down that hallway? He is a what? spry he's a spry old man. Jim Broadbent running down that hallway at the end there. Yeah, he was doing oh, a nice little sure. he was doing a nice little jog. He I thought that was he was very light on his feet. I was like, wow, Jim Broadbent. He's he's uh oh, he's no, got no. good posture. He's very good posture. Like I I don't know as a as a professor too. If a professor has good posture, I feel like I respect that a lot too. Or I guess he's the what is he the dean? He's the dean. The dean. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God! That whole thing. He's like, I lost my job. What, what did you? State? What did you lose? What did you get? Yeah. My what did job. you lose? My job. Uh, but yeah, I was gonna say as well, just to start this all off, like in a big, just shrink wrap sort of representational way of this movie. Like, you know, the the movies were this mixture of Spielberg wanting to do a James Bond movie, George Lucas coming to him being like, I got something else. And this is a character that, you know, we can do episodic things with that could be like a James Bond. Um, But his thing was he wanted to be, you know, like on based on these sort of like old timey serials, uh, Uh like, you know, you hear in this movie, spacemen from Mars and and stuff like that of like these real true camp sort of stuff of, of, Mm -hmm. and, and it has those elements in, uh, all and all of the movies, all the past pre uh, movies, and looking back on this movie, and I know we we've been kind of perplexed with the with the score, but I do remember talking with some friends after seeing this movie and hearing them defend it, and then being like, "Well, all the other movies had silly stuff too." Yeah, and right. uh, mm-hmm. like it, yeah, they had. Definitely silly stuff like short round and um, what's her face, the damsel in distress, that whole Temple of Doom movie. You know, it's I that Temple of Doom is 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 even is more of an closer to this movie than maybe Last Crusade. Raiders, I again is is I don't know how you can plenty of people maybe rank other ones, but Raiders is is so great. But I just the they to make my point, they George Lucas, you can tell, penned this script and leaned heavily into that serial. Uh, story idea with uh, leaning heavily on camp and these 
action scenes are Spielberg just having no uh, restrictions with whatever sort of CG he wants to use. Or maybe George Lucas is just like, yeah, you don't even need to like have a, I don't know. You can just stand in front of yeah. a green screen. That's what I did for my past three movies. Like you don't, you don't really need anything. And, and, and the, uh, it's just right. so glossy. Yeah, and and you, when you like, talk about Harrison Ford and that switch, whether it's a stunt double or just a, a, a made up figure from, you know, computer imposed sort of stuff. It's just like, all that fun is taken out of it because you're just like, it looks so ugly. This movie looks so, so ugly shitty. for like, it's just like this glossy yeah. faded out yeah. sort of thing that just, uh, it makes you just not on any sort of plane of existence that, that seems uh, grounded in, in anything. And I don't know. I just, well, I'm picturing like this movie stage, without George Lucas. Set, like, <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Because it, like a lot of it reminds me of Tintin as well. All the action scenes, like, and that's one thing. If it's Tintin and Peter Jackson, all that stuff, and then like these elongated action scenes that go all these sort of places, like, i.e., The Hobbit as well. Those Hobbit movies have that sort of thing, oh, yeah. and then they get together on Tintin, and it's like these crazy set pieces, but it's all animated. In this, it looks ugly and dumb and yep. over the top, and like that camp has gone past camp into just like. Oh fucking travesty, man! Like a a fucking do pile of pile of doo doo. I don't know. I'm Boy, sorry. I'm 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 I'm, I'm, I'm over talking. No. Talk about camp. Yeah. I, the, I, I, there was the part where he like there he like swings the bag that has the skull in it, and yeah. it hits somebody in the head, and it literally makes like a boing sound, like <laughs> like out all, of nowhere. None of no nothing yeah, else, too. else in the movie. Um, but. I, I don't know. I didn't notice any of them being like super cartoony, but he hit him with a, a, a crystal skull in a bag, which should have like flattened the guy's face. And like, instead it made like a cartoonish, like, it's like hollow inside. Sound, like, and I was like, what? Yeah. I was like, what the hell was that? But I didn't notice it anywhere else in the movie where they're adding like cartoon sounds. I was like, I, mean, Wait, I would, what are I would they argue doing every fight scene has a cartoony sound. Every punch has this like thud to it. That is totally not how reality works where every punch has this kapow in it. And it just that. Oh, well, yeah. Can be. I Okay. So to talk about the camp of this movie. So there are, I am okay with a camp that can exist in a serialized adventure movie. I have no problem with that. But when you start getting into the realm of Shia LaBeouf swinging on vines. Dude. Oh, my God. When you start, but okay, oh my you know God. I would be oh even God. more more directed because we just talked about Temple of Doom is the most campy out of the original three, mm-hmm. and it is stylized in a way that the camp fits into it really well. In the sense of, oh no, I would okay, no, I'm gonna argue a little bit more as to. The opening sequence, which is a somewhat of an uh, introduction into in Temple why of Doom Ke- or in Temple of Doom, yeah, like essentially Ke- James Bond cold open kind of <laughs> James Bond cold open. It is it's very stylized. It has um, it has not um, Bing Crosby. Anything goes. Anything Cole goes. Porter. Oh, maybe. Cole oh. Porter. Except it's then, sung. Uh, yeah, so, it's sung in a different language. 
it's, it is it's sung in Vietnamese, oh, Vietnam, I think. Yeah, Vietnamese. Yeah. Vietnamese. Uh, so maybe Tagalog. Um, that is all great because it that opening sequence is stylized in a particular way that makes sense for the opening sequence because of the things that happen. But I really it was noticeable and really disliked how so many scenes throughout this movie have this like fuzz and soft filter yeah. and, and, and are shot in a way that it's supposed to kind of be this illustration mm. like yeah artistically they're going for oh this is like a uh visual comic book or mm-hmm. uh sure. or similar similar to the to the movies that they mm-hmm. are paying homage to that mm-hmm. there is this stylization to them i agree i think that's what they were going for yeah totally yeah, but, but like when totally. you look at once upon a time in hollywood where like where tarantino does that versus what they did in this it ended up say that again danny i was saying like what brandon was just talking um he was saying how like the you know trying to make that give it that old like stylized look versus Mm -hmm. you know with, with like once upon a time and Mexico, or once upon a time in Hollywood, or something like that, where mm-hmm. Tarantino is using film stock and actually, yeah. like, you know, trying to use natural lighting and all of that. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, it's just, it's just, a, um, I don't know, just the differences between the two are. Or what? Sorry, you're kind of cutting in and out. Oh man, I'm sorry about that. Yeah, let me try and fix my. It's all right. Yeah, but to but to to your point, I I totally agree. And the thing that really irks me, that really irks me about the production of this, is rather than use I don't know the CG to kind of enhance your movie, or almost like when you only when you really need it, they like use it heavily, like as a crutch almost <laughs> to the point of like it's just pure detriment yeah. to the <laughs> to everything going on in the movie. And I don't know why, but for some reason, animal animation was a huge part of this. Like, there's fucking prairie dogs right off the bat. There's fucking monkeys that are a huge thing. And there's fucking ants. And the ants ants actually didn't, like, as a swarm, because you can't really pick one out from another. Ants were fine. Ants looked okay. Yeah, you know, they looked looked all right. And kind of spooky, like beetles and all that, whatever. Once they went on to a person, it kind of, like, lost its all all of its... It looked bad once that happened, but the animal stuff is like, why? I mean, like, why? Why does that have to be the point of levity in this? Is like a a, sh- a quick shot to a fucking these prairie dogs constantly. It was like really reminding me. It's Ewoks' Return of the Jedi, right? Or the yeah. it, I always mix yeah, up Wookies yeah, and yeah, Ewoks. Yeah. I'm fucking uh-huh. yeah, Star yeah. Wars fans will kill me, but the little like guys in Return of the Jedi, mm-hmm. it just really Ewoks felt like Return of the Jedi. Return of the Jedi and uh, I I will say I saw this movie once in 2008. I never touched it again. But seeing it this time, man, I could really pull all of the George Lucasy stuff out of this movie. Like this movie starts with fucking uh, a hot rod cruising down the desert, and like it looked like George Lucas's wet dream of like what he his childhood was like of these these like four white kids just like booking it on this desert path, like just eh, smiling and screaming and just like unreasonably happy 
trying to race the 50s kids trying to race with the military or whatever and uh and prairie dogs and that's how this movie starts and whatever but this uh, the opening to this movie man if if you guys want to start just kind of like maybe even yeah, chunk by chunk of this movie so the opening of this movie that's how yeah, it starts very and, american graffiti and, and is what you were trying very to say, american exactly what i'm saying like george, george, george yeah mm -hmm. yeah very he and also the diner sequence and we'll get to that of this there's an energy uh, and also your associate your it is a clear visible representation of a period of time in american history mm -hmm. and george lucas gets such an enormous heart on for saying like here is what the youth was like in x y and z era mm -hmm. and he always has this like and star well, and wars everyone... really as as a whole is just this yeah. like oh these yeah. are what these are what kids in the 70s really like is uh space uh type movies we're going to like let's set a very stereotypical archetype of a character and story plot into whatever is popular in the generation that we're making this film in because what I care about is getting people in the seats to see a movie which is totally admirable and that's why we love Spielberg that's why we love George Lucas because they are huge fucking movie nerds that want to make movies like the most stereotypical version of a movie so people will go to the theater grab the popcorn grab the movie but it's that sort of thing where it's like they the drink their abilities as filmmakers are amazing like their their potential of what they can do with and i'm not i don't want to be those practical effects chill where it's just like you can't get to do everything practical or it's not good you can use i don't want to be against right. complete like computer effects whatever but just their abilities to do that stuff, whether it be Star Wars, whether it be Jurassic Park or the original Indiana Jones movies, like they have such an ability to do that. And for them to just throw money at this, at this movie is what it looked like to me where they just, well, this is what we want. We're, we have this. It just seemed like they storyboarded everything to a fucking T where like everything was on the wall. They knew exactly yeah. how the movie was supposed to play out and all they had to do was plug in the pieces which is good as as acclaimed directors that are like that know what right. they're doing like they they got it down to a fucking science but to the point where like oh we can't make it happen on the day like just the amount done in post just to make those storyboarded things uh come true was to the point of laziness even though the creativity yeah, a lot of creativity just, a lot of like everything fun ideas like even if i don't care for them like they're just wacky fun ideas for like a serial sort of comic or, or a radio serial or something like that but uh seeing it play out and executed how it is it just seems like these guys are are not really uh trying to add any edge to it rather than just kind of like a vacation movie like one it seemed like they did it for themselves a little bit i don't know for sure which there isn't anything wrong with that the problem is is that it's too self-indulgent there is there is a way to make a film make this film and i would like to get to this we really should get into the plot of this movie but there yeah, is we're at the warehouse make, essentially right now you know there's a way to make this movie where it is you strip out some of the plotting of it and you can still maintain the aesthetics or mm. the vibe of the movie mm. without getting so incredibly bogged down with having 
all of these things needed to be included mm -hmm. from a like linear perspective like we have to have yeah. this scene yeah. we have to show this thing yeah. like you could represent things more micro on a ma uh, micro level the problem is, is that they're just like, well, we have all the money in the world because we're the gods of Hollywood filmmaking. It's Watch the so Throne, we, man. It's what you brought up. Yeah. It's, it's, the, it's more like Watch the Throne of, of movies. <laughs> totally. The problem. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the problem is, is that what, Watch the Throne is the immaculate, <laughs> oh no. immaculate oh no, like conception of the time period that they're in by the top people in the game. And they even know in watch the throne that watch the throne isn't a two hour album. It is. It also is really fucking razor sharp. This is not razor sharp. This is like a watch the throne is two people at the top. Are, are we like, back on Donda again? Yeah, I know. Uh, I got him started. What, what have I back done? On Donda. <laughs> what, what just happened? I got him, <laughs> like, I got him started. I, it's going to keep going. Mid stream that time. Just, <laughs> like, I think you just had a stroke. Like, yeah, it was like all string of consciousness. You just like back in the, like, the I think if I were to talk, if I were to wake <laughs> up, Brandon, with that sentence of like, oh, it, hey, Brandon, Crystal Skull is kind of like Watch the Throne. He would wake up and immediately like say, start saying those things. Mm -hmm. That would be like in mid dream. He'd be like, oh, I was just, I was just. Uh... I'm always thinking about it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what were you going to, Danny, what, what were you going to well, say? Is, what were you going to say? Uh, is the point that you were making is that like like you're you're watching somebody come from a spectacular uh, uh, you're watching somebody come from like you know a bunch of spectacular uh, concession to you know then put something out that seems you know like uh, lackluster. Sure. Yeah. Evolution. Yeah. But, and, uh, but and, yeah. Sorry, Absolutely. continue. You're just kind of breaking up a bit. What was that? But what what, what I was gonna say about the uh, the scene that we're about to watch is what I think was the biggest like kind of mistake of the whole movie was like introducing and giving away the fun excitingness of yeah. you know the that. alien discovery and everything. Yeah, you know yeah. you blew. You're right. Too early. And you know you aliens know, already exist right off the bat. I didn't really think of that. Yeah, absolutely. And One scene just, right uh, here. It, the other thing is, it's a flashback. You could have put it anywhere in the movie. You could have put a flashback, you know, uh, like midway through, be like, oh, this is all making sense now. The magnets, the this, the this. It reminds me of, you know, during that Roswell thing. This, and though. then There's have that flash, And then you're like, oh, it's aliens and stuff. But the other thing is the laziness of, you know, what, instead of it being an Indiana Jones adventure, it's, oh, I'm going to go find this crazy old man and then follow him on his footprints from his adventure. Yeah. And like, then it's, he doesn't solve the puzzles. He, asking, John Hurt does. <laughs> I it, it, advice the whole time. And well, yeah. So it like cucks fucking Indiana Jones. <laughs> like he's just asking, you know, the worst person in the like the he does kind of get cucked in this movie as well <laughs> yeah it does by his son indiana jones and you know he didn't salt stuff no you're breaking up yeah you? yeah man yeah, uh, well, yeah but i just like in terms of 
the laziness and also no one telling them no, I think was another big part of this. They're just like at the top of it, the, like they're George Lucas and Steven Spielberg, whatever they say or they're going to do. And they're just like, we can do whatever that we want. No one told them no. They did whatever they wanted to do. And on top of that, the other part of it is like, do, did you guys really want to go back to the warehouse? Did you really want to see like the Ark of the Covenant, like peeking <laughs> out of the box? Like that was something with Indiana Jones as well, where it was episodic. Like you, you had a self-contained yeah. adventure within each one. And I mean, especially yeah. Temple of Doom, which even if it is out of those three, like it's picking my children or something, it might be my least favorite. My, the pacing of that one is my favorite. Cause that one's like just a fucking bat out of hell. They like the cold open, nothing. It, it doesn't really relate to anything to the rest of the movie. Oh, yeah. They get launched out of a plane and land in the middle of fucking nowhere and then just go on this adventure and then it ends and you never see short round or her again. And uh, which I would honestly, if they did bring anything back, I would love to see short round again if they're going to do another oh, one of these, which I, I think sure. has been rumored. But Shit, yeah. the pacing of that was so great. And those self-contained adventures like a, James, like a James Bond movie was so much better rather than like, we're going to tread through old shit. We're going back to the warehouse. We're bringing back uh, what's her face. And she's going to have a kid with Indiana Jones, all this baggage that Indiana Jones, like through his adventures, you know? Yeah. And I am going to call Mutt fucking baggage. He's fucking baggage. Um, <laughs> uh, that he's, he's gone yeah, through and everything and that you got to tread all that back up in the arc and he's got to go to the warehouse. It's just like, I don't know. I would prefer straight up just to see its own self self-contained thing, i.e. a James Bond, you know, story, the less they talk about James Bond's wife, kind of the better. If they casually mention like, Oh, we know you had a wife that got killed. It's like that adds the mystery to it, but you don't want to actually like, I don't know. You don't need to see it unless you watch on her matchy secret service, which is great. But, um, this one, it just was like going, going heavy into old waters and, and these guys doing that just, um, surmounted to more laziness for me. So we're in the warehouse. You, they, uh, Kate Blanchett's going for that alien. You, she opens a box and sees an alien. You see what you would probably see at the end of most Indiana Jones movies, which is a great point, Danny. I didn't really even think of about, about it like that, but it, takes away the that that reveal kind of at at the end that as as episodic as these are i always love the fucking villain crazy death at the end that's always fun and you know that that's coming or you know that climax is kind of getting there but having it kind of takes the teeth out of the end a bit i see what you mean they always hint at something supernatural but Mm -hmm. they don't like Tell, they don't show you that it's actually supernatural until you know somebody's heart is out of their chest or you know until like they open the box and everybody starts melting yeah you know so fuck. like they they do a lot of other stuff and show you the mythos and show you the archaeology and all that stuff before they and show you the history of a culture before they then you know do some voodoo on you or something like that and it actually totally. be real and that's where you know you can hold that back and build 
That's mm-hmm. the thing. It's restraint, which the pacing is what we're talking. Yeah, which is the biggest flaw of this movie is the lack of restraint, and so much of that mm. I feel like comes from George Lucas because when left to his own devices, he just has zero restraint for yeah. the absurd absurdity of storytelling that he has in his mind. Like, I completely agree with you, Danny. Like, a fundamental part of the Indiana Jones franchise and what has always made them so fun is that. You have this steeped in history, steeped in mythos story that then presents the question towards the end of the movie, is this real or is this a legend? Totally. And and you just right off the bat don't, like you just, well, aliens exist now. Mm-hmm. Okay, so then we're just watching. Mm-hmm. We're just watching people discover something that now we already know. Mm-hmm. Like the the reveal that there's this council of aliens who are one alien, which again is also okay. I'm jumping too far ahead. So, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, what I'm getting at it is that they're pres- they crazily don't understand what fundamentally makes their movies interesting which is so fascinating to me because you see time and time again from the critiques of particularly these two directors is that they make movies after like after they make a statement that is really genuine interesting and revolutionary they then just expound upon it in and focus on the parts that people are like, that was like a, a, a an added value. That's not why we like your movies. We like your movies because of X, Y, and Z. This, you know, you include these things and it's fun because it adds to the core belief of the movie. But it just blows my mind that it seems like they don't even understand why people like their movies. Because every time they make a movie like this... And like Ready Player One, I think it was or... more. I think it just as I. I think it's a little bit more conscious of like we're doing it for us. I really think it's like that. Like they know. I feel like they have a sense, maybe less so George mm-hmm. Lucas, but at least Steven Spielberg has a sense what people like. And this one was more about them getting together and doing something together. And I feel like Steven Spielberg like appeased George Lucas more than maybe he should have, but he was also just going a little bit further than he needed to with some of his ideas too. I, I think they're just really like throwing everything at the wall and no one's saying no and it just all stuck. Um, but to say, you know, they, yeah, th- I mean, they're very successful in, in, in block. I mean, Steven Spielberg invented the blockbuster. So, and, and George Lucas, you know, as far as like Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Giant, like there's, there's sequels there whilst, with Lucas, I think he is better in a more maybe collaborative sort of sense when he's not like reigning the helm yeah. as much. Um, but this one, I think he had a little bit more say in the narration, the plot, the dialogue, uh, the storyboarding. I, I don't know. And and actually, I don't know. Spielberg was there, I think, for the story because a lot of a lot of the camera movements and action scenes and, and action set pieces were very Spielberg y because that just again like Tintin and even some of the hook stuff and the action scenes and hook you can see just drawn out action scenes and, and everything but the plotting and everything was George Lucas and I just I do agree with you but I just think that it was more conscious that they didn't want to 
please. <laughs> they weren't going to worry about that as much this time. They really were just like, let's go even more so with our original idea of this, of like it really being a serial and, and it seemed like Lucas was just like, I want to do the spaceman thing. I want to do the spaceman from Mars ideas in some way. Which is my only argument to that. And I, I, I get what you're talking about mm -hmm. because ultimately it is two really accomplished directors making a movie together, which I'm sure just inherently and in itself is fun mm -hmm. for them to do. And you're right about there is a overwhelming sense in what is ends up being the final product of this is that there are just Steven Spielberg and George Lucas have people jerking each other off yeah yeah gave uh, gave them lots of money to make a movie together and i'm sure the movie in itself and the process of making the movie was probably like pretty enjoyable because they're just so like the, you know we we can talk about the artistic direction in all the movies that we talk about but something that neither one of us have total experience in, and maybe we should look into it more is that there's the production side of it where even if you're making a movie that doesn't really make sense or is not plotted correctly, like just the production of it mm -hmm. is a whole nother element that I'm sure for those two guys, they are so seasoned and so, yeah. you know, have their uh, just are good at their job. Mm hmm where everybody on set is getting to things on time. They're understanding yeah, the direction. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They're like, everybody is well informed yeah. and bringing their a game. And so there's definitely that, but it just is. And they're going to meet whatever demands they make. These are some crazy demands, like visually, like there's a lot of bonkers, visual stuff to make happen. In, in this. <laughs> yeah. So to bring it back to the plot of the movie. So, we're at the warehouse. The way that they find the alien is there's gunpowder or what is the it's magnetized the, uh, Indiana Jones asks for yeah. uh, gunpowder or whatever. And, and they give him gunpowder to find where the box is and shotgun bullet or uh, rounds or whatever. And there's John Williams scores just going, going throughout. And the one thing that I, I, I kind of, you know, gives you a little tingles is when they open the warehouse, there's a little soft, uh, motif of that music that plays at the end of Raiders uh, of that really oh, it gets yeah, really just builds yeah. at the end of Raiders and then it ends in the warehouse it plays that same music really lightly right when they open the warehouse and it's like oh man you're just playing with, playing with my yeah my nostalgia a bit but John Williams is so good at that motif all, sort of thing where it just kind of like it's almost subconscious you know how he how he does it and and his right. his score uh is it, his scores are always really great. There was some stuff where it was a little more, it's a little happier than I thought it should be, but I feel like that's more just Spielberg telling him what kind of music he wants and him just appeasing. It's like he's his music's always great, but uh, there was the motorcycle chase in the campus that music was just like it was like home yeah. alone, sort of. <laughs> Like, oh, did you know we're at a little like that was like, honestly, that was my favorite part of the movie. Is that, that was my thing is like, I did not care for the locations of the beginning. I did not care for the warehouse. Like I was like, why are we yeah. at the warehouse? This is kind of ruining a little bit of the mis mis mystery of Raiders. Honestly, for me, it was either like 
don't go there or go there and start opening all the boxes and get everything out there and get all the ghosts and everything popping out and just like all the guys are like oh shit and then like they're just getting ripped apart by all these crazy mystery things like go all the way with it instead it was just that would have like, been rad that like been like, like cabin in the woods style where all the different monsters i don't know just something like you could have really yeah. gone fucking wild with it if, if you wanted to but they just you know they did that i would have but i didn't like that location i didn't really care for the camp i mean i know there's a campus in the original too uh and you've seen him teach and be like a hot teacher and stuff it's pretty yeah pretty fun how, uh but this one was just kind of like a lot of time was spent on the campus didn't really care for it how about yeah. the reveal of instead of it being nazis it's russians but they're being led by a Nazi. <laughs> like, is that what was going on? The chick was the the black. No, she was like Stalin. She was like the first, the paramour kind of Stalin, I think. Yeah, she and, and, it is. It, oh, yeah. really? Yeah, they, they said something. She sounds I, German. She's no. U- East U- something Ukrainian or, or something. It was interesting. Her, I you know, I couldn't place her accent. Uh, it could be very accurate. I trust Kate Blanchett with my life. I mean, she's she is my. I guess she's my. She kind of arguably my favorite actor, like possibly my favorite actor, honestly. Yeah. Um, But and so I trust her homework on whatever it is. I enjoyed her in the movie. Mm -hmm. She was (laughs) fun. It's not her fault. Yeah, it's not her fault at all. She's a great villain. Uh, Yeah. But yeah, I think she was. He was like. She doesn't know what they're going to do with it. Yeah. She just was. She had terrible she, material. Work well, she played the like, camp up. She she met the yeah. camp. That was she that's met, something yeah. that's very hard to do. Is like be a good act and then also like be campy and overacting, but then have it fit the material, which it totally fit. And they and it was wacky, yeah, and but, she was I mean, wacky Indiana too. But it Jones was, matched. Yeah, but they shouldn't have written like a Rocky and Bullwinkle character into the movie. Like it 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 felt. I don't know, like, and all the Russians, like, it just felt, like, I don't know. Very, oh my god, it does it look like, is like that the Nazis villain from Rocky and Bullwinkle? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, it is. Oh my yeah, god, it Natasha. does look like it. Oh my god, I didn't, <laughs> yeah. have people made that comparison already? Uh, yeah, and I think in the in the live action Rocky and Bullwinkle, the Boris character is played by Robert De Niro. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that movie, that movie's insane. <laughs> really? Oh my god! Oh, I'm looking at these pictures. Jesus! Wow. Okay. Well, that's funny. Um, but yeah, she's uh, that's uh, that's something, and then she's like trying to get into psychic uh, warfare. Is is her whole thing and. I don't know how she found out. I'm trying to remember how she found about the about the skulls, um, but she did. And the ox thing is always is has we'll get to as well. Long story short, she's there. The no, long story short, she's there to, at the warehouse. She fucking opened the box. They find it. There's the alien sitting right there. She slices it open, grabs the skull, I believe, and uh, maybe. It's yeah. It's, that, that's the craziest thing is that I don't. She Indy doesn't. There's not a moment where she opens up the the sarcophagus for the alien and then pulls out the skull. There's none of that. It's just that there's a yeah, alien, that, alien that exists and right. that then proves you the see concept. Like and she's like, "There's other. There's a bunch of these." And yeah. yeah. Huh. And do they find they find like the Pretty clue much. to to get to the next one? Or it's like some of Ox's writings or something well, that she shows him. 
When yeah. does he when does he get it those? Was, I was trying to remember when he gets those those writings. Is it like or oh no, I remember it's Mutt that gives it to him. From yeah. That's later. He, he gets He gets it from Mutt, yeah. He gets it from Marlon Brando and <laughs> Rough Riders. <laughs> from James James uh, James Dean Light. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, man, I didn't, like, I, I was didn't, that was that George Lucas when he was young? Is that just like George Lucas? Like yeah. when he's like, yeah, that was me. That was me. I didn't. No, mind I just think Shia that he has this big so thing. Of... No, but it seems like George Lucas is like everybody's either a preppy nerd or they're a greaser. Like, yeah. That's that all was, there was oh, people when it came to anybody time, under the time. age of like 40. <laughs> yeah. That was, and, and, and what was funny is like, dressed like a college professor both or a of, mobster. Both of them were those preppy kids that were sitting behind the table at that Mutt and Harrison Ford or Indy were sitting yeah. at. They were like that. Mutt was just like putting his comb in their drinks. And the guy's like, Hey, don't do that. That's that was Steven Spielberg and George Lucas at that table. <laughs> like that's, that's who they, they were. I think. Like, put your comb in my drink. And then like they face off, and it's the pre- yeah that. And then the music starts playing there, and then the motorcycle right. chase. It's like that whole part. I'm glad. You, I'm glad you enjoyed it, Brandon. My like that. Again. I thought the 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 how they shot like the, the chase was pretty chase good. Too. The 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 shot like going behind the swerving motorcycle that I believe was in the trailer as well. had a lot of like motion to it uh, for moving so slow and it didn't, and it felt like it was grounded compared to everything else. Like they were in a real place. <laughs> totally. Exactly. That, that's what, about yeah. where Harrison, yeah. like, you know, I don't really care. Card from motorcycle into the car, punches people in the car and mm. then jumps out back onto the motorcycle on the mm-hmm. other side. That yes. shot, yeah, it was so, right near that. That yeah, shot behind so, was good. What, yeah. So, what are you guys' thoughts on? Oh, I love that stuff. See, that stuff was fun to me because that was again like in a world that is real because it's like going weaving through streets of uh, of a college town, and that was I enjoyed that. That was fun. That was interesting because it got again which is the real main fault of this movie where it he's in the library and then he slides through oh tables God. and then there's this at the end of those tables there's a student, student. in like a spotlight yeah. there might have been might as well have been a spotlight on oh him and everyone else been blacked out cuz it was like so right. in frame <laughs> He's like, I have a speaking role. <laughs> I'm going to speak now. I have a question uh, about this. Yeah. But to like, your question, oh, Danny, I, I like that, that shot uh, of that, mur- and that, that little jump in and out of the car and stuff. But again, I, I don't know. I just like, I, I want Indy. I just want to get Indy in the jungle. I want him to start yeah, totally. globetrotting as soon as possible. And that's why Temple of Doom, he just launches in the plane, in the library. <laughs> gets it dropped in the jungle, and then he just goes from there. Uh, and I love that about that movie. But here's, and this is kind of, I think, uh, maybe Raiders and Last Crusade a bit, where it has a, they both have like whatever, the cold open, and then it gets into uh, the shit. But, um, I just want, it was like action at the campus and it just was the introduction of Mutt is a character I do not care about. I I mean, and that was his, that was his territory. And I mean, it was, I know it was actually Harrison Ford's like, that's really where he's been, um, been doing his thing lately is, is teaching and stuff. And that's a part of his life part time. 
Um, hard time. <laughs> hard uh, time. That's how he says it. Well, that's that was an interesting thing about that line. Uh, and I Stupid learned this from take. some red letter media video, I think. But yeah. there's like the trailer is a is a different cut of that line yeah. than the actual mm-hmm. movie, which is interesting. Like in the, and I'll it's I'll try to cut. I'll try to yeah. do the version in the trailer is like it's stronger and doesn't drop down as much. It's not like as much of a throwaway that it's like, so you're a teacher or Brandon, give it to me. Give me the, give me the setup. So you're a teacher. Wait, you're a teacher part time. All right. So give it to me. That was the trailer. Give it to me again. This is the movie. Wait a minute. You're a teacher part time. Yeah. Or it's more of like part time. (laughs) part time <laughs> part time there's a little there's i don't know it's yeah. not as like part time it's part yeah. time it's there's a little part bit of, time yeah yeah why, uh, why i don't know there, i think i read letter media probably had some shooting. theory about it but i don't know why <laughs> yeah it could be they just had enough money for as many reshoots as they wanted and they wanted to reshoot and they wanted i mean a i couldn't imagine harrison ford wants true. to reshoot anything <laughs> that guy seems like the type of actor where it's like you're getting exactly what i'm given and if you don't like it fuck you. unless they brought him in for for dubbing and you know how that goes with blade yeah <laughs> right yeah so I i'm not fucking uh, coming in there oh you want oh i have to come in there then i'm gonna give the worst performance <laughs> possible uh yeah so he gets it, he, they, he escapes their clutches. You introduce the villain. You introduce the guy who's going to ba- uh, backstab him three Mac, times in the movie, uh, which is so Ray Winstone, who's I think a really fun actor and, and uh, mm-hmm. performs really well. But his character, I it sucks. Just, just sucks. Yeah. yeah, it's it's just purely there to Wait, cause drama when it needs drama i don't know or right. like cause someone to save him flip. when he needs saving and yeah. cause someone to fuck him over when he's get fucked over for the sake of the plot Holy. and that's all he's like served as and mm-hmm. i i don't know it's just a such a plot device of a character um yeah. did you say something danny is the bomb before is the bomb before or after the whole uh mutt that's what i was Doesn't gonna he get to he escapes the- yeah, he escapes uh, to this uh, bomb test f- facility, which this scene, I think, immediately puts everybody against this movie. Like, yep. And I remember the reaction in the, in the theater <laughs> when the refrigerator thing happened. And to be honest, uh, I saw it with Blarge, Corey Hart, I remember was there. And I just, and, and a few other people, but I remember uh, already people were against it from just line delivery and overall vibe of the warehouse stuff and him swinging yeah. around like as an old man and crashing into cars and being, oh, well, this is, I didn't land. But uh, that part is when I turned. I can tell you personally, like I was still kind of like, why is everyone laughing? Or this is, you know, it's fun. It's still what, it, you know, he's, he's swinging around. It's Indiana Jones. The minute he got in that, fridge and fucking launched across the desert in a fucking nuclear test fucking bomb thing i just that's when it lost me i can tell you (laughs) from personal experience and i never watched this movie again past that and like honestly it made it makes such an impression that a lot of times people when you bring up that movie like they think of that they think of that they think of the monkey swinging yeah when they think of this movie 
what's now interesting uh, uh, that visual and that whole thing to me now is is that there is one of the most strongest visual things in this movie the most striking the most evocative image of this movie is indiana jones walking up a mound and then there is a mushroom cloud there and it is framed so incredibly well visually it is incredible to watch it's like t2 it's like T2. It is so massively evocative of like, oh my God, this is what, like, here's Indiana Jones in the nuclear age. And the pairing of that is mm. so incredibly poor and shitty because it is Heavy like, it, 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 it's, it, the way that I look at it is, is it's like if you had an Adam West Batman and then you, had a, you had one shot of a Christopher Nolan Batman in an Adam West. That movie. is such a good comparison. Oh my God. And, and you would just be like, whoa, wait a minute. What, wait, what movie was that? Was I just going to, was I in a different fucking movie? Oh because that's what it seems like. He's like stumbling over and he's like getting on top and then he's got this mushroom cloud and it's like dark and graphic and just like so incredible there's then, this, there's like, a scene like that on youtube right where it's like it shows the adam west dropping the bomb and then it cuts between that and like dark knight rises when he's trying to get the bomb away i think there's like some <laughs> back and forth but man that's such a good comparison brandon oh god i love that oh geez because that's really what they're this is so much like an adam west batman this whole fucking movie it really Absolutely. is it's, it's way more of that than anything but that shot in, in particular is that's that's so funny is like trying to add some sort of like, yeah, he's evocative. Like, oh, he's Mm -hmm. in, you know, this is the time we're living in. And that's, I would then further comment is why this movie sucks so much is that the, there is the communist thing. Like very heavy handed. We have Indiana Jones now in the like early mid 1950s. Mm -hmm. And the last crusade has so much to do about Nazis and about being a part of that time period. And there is next like to none, none of that in this movie in a really good sense. There's like the like Ike and there's a nod to the nuclear towns and a couple other things visually, but none of it is good because it has there's no the protests like red, better red than dead of all the students too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This movie, in an alternate universe, could be a movie where the uh, Kate Blanchett, the communism, the Russian element of this played way more of a part in this than what we saw. Because in Last Crusade, we go to Nazi Germany. We have those. Mm, we have yeah. him behind There's like a, the book burning, The book burning scene or whatever? The Ides of March. At, uh, yep. I, I don't know. I don't know what the Nazi gets, version is. But and then he meets Hitler, and he gets his. He, he gets yeah, his, he, he gets, gets his autograph. Signed. Yeah, he gets he gets it signed, and there is zero yeah, right. of that in this movie. So there is no actual commentary. That is pretty wacky, on, though. When you think on, on the on how pervasive and how important this time period. No, they want to hurry up and get to ancient aliens. 
in the in the <laughs> Amazon with fucking nothing. It's like, what are you rushing? Hey man, they're not aliens. Bullshit? They're they're interdimensional Dude. beings, bro. They're not aliens. Dude, <laughs> they're, Brandon, they're, it's another can't you dimension. Give that up to watch Shia LaBeouf swing from vine to vine, fighting, <laughs> finding crystal skulls, skeletons of aliens. <laughs> in why? giant CG castles. <laughs> why, dude? Like, why does he have or to swing obelisk? through fucking branches? Like, why does yeah. that have to fucking happen? I can picture... That's no, where it's like, no, I can totally not. picture that happening in a comic or something. Like, oh, he's swinging in panel, from panel, like, from vine to vine or something. And, like, this is wacky. But, like, he is wearing a leather jacket. We, talk, we, we talked about Matrix yeah. Revolutions. Yeah. Wearing leather must be very hard to do all these these action sort of sort of stuff. Oh and, yeah, and, and it must be a nightmare. He's swinging on ropes and leather, man. I mean, that's the least of my, of our concerns. I'm sure is the leather aspect of. <laughs> he looks up at monkeys, and the monkeys look down at him. And I know we're going. I'm going ahead, but it's like, like we keep bringing this up. Like, do right. Hey. Let me, yeah. All, all right. right. Let, let me, me show you. Let me show you. All right. And, and he's this like, is how and then it. he instantly gets it, learns how to swing, and he's yeah, like, oh, much. okay. And to the point where the monkeys are on his side now. And so when he lands, the monkeys are like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're on, <laughs> we're on his, his squad. And we're against communism. <laughs> This movie is fucking irresponsible in the sense that it makes it seem so <laughs> easy to swing on vines. I. I and get it's, long distances. Not only do that, but travel. Had him surf. Where's the? This movie should have had a warning in the front of it <laughs> that said, "The swinging on vines performed in this movie are not real. Don't try this at home." Because the way that they present it is, is that here's this normal person who just has had these, you know, real experiences just as then put into this. And he's like, okay, you know what I have to do? I got to get over there and I'm in the Amazon jungle. I'm going to now do this and then I'm going to fucking jump and then I'm going to grab this. That's irresponsible for me, in my mind. Like I, they, you make well, it yeah. seem way if they too. they would have had it. If they would have had it, what Danny? Oh, if they if they would have had it where like he's being chased by monkeys that swing from vine to vine, and then at the very end he grabs onto a vine and like swings across, like one, and then vine. he just shows up like <laughs> one vine. That's yeah. one thing. But then to have him fucking Tarzaning, Tarzan, bro, like, like uh, through the jungle, like that shot was fucking ridiculous. Uh, it, they they should have had him. Water skiing over a shark and shit too. It just kind of fucking. They might as well have. Yeah, I mean, I'm, right. I'm surprised he wasn't like was good... jumping over alligators and stuff. I mean, there was a part where he's fencing and getting his balls demolished <laughs> <laughs> by plants <laughs> constantly. Like he's stretching over. He's doing the splits, and then there's just plants right and right where his balls are, and they're just. That was. I don't know why that was so funny to me. It was just like. You know what? Yeah, like, not only you're gonna have to the stretching would have been enough peril to do a sword fight with him. It's like no, you're getting your balls fucking <laughs> demolished right now, uh, and jeans and, and leather. I just love that's our issues with the vine swinging. Yeah, is, yeah. Me, it's the jeans and leather. And with Brandon, it's you're just being. This should be a PSA about how irresponsible oh. this is for for children. <laughs> to uh, oh, Brandon just uh, rejoined us. Uh, it's. 
I was just I was saying how our points are just so funny for the for the swinging. How mine's the jeans and leather, and yours is uh, how they should have a P- PSA for <laughs> for how irresponsible <laughs> the Steven Spielberg is is in promoting this. In the same way, Peter Jackson with those hobbits and the barrels. I mean, come on, you can't just jump in a barrel and go down the river and expect to travel places. Uh, you're <laughs> muted, by the way, Brandon. If you can unmute, unmute yourself, if you're trying um. to speak. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, but I'm joking about the PSA. The, the oh, I know. I think, still, I think it's still... I think it's... Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for entertaining me. <laughs> but the point of it is, is that there is, is such a reckless abandonment for reality that happens in this. And you could... To start getting into the critics and start dredging that up a little bit, is that... The critics are saying that, like, those things are fun. That's like the cereal. That's what this. Oh, it's a madcap. Yeah, Yeah. it's it's a romp. We're just having fun. The whole sliding through the library and then having Mm -hmm. a conversation with the kid. (laughs) Prairie dogs and yeah, the prairie dogs. All of that is so fun. Aren't we having a blast? And you're not again. I you're not understanding the fun that we were having in the past movies. The fun we were Mm -hmm. having in the past movies is that there was this audience surrogate that also, but we're also thinking we got great looking arms. We're looking great without the shirt, you know, with the sleeves ripped off. He is the prototype to Vin Diesel's look in the fast and the furious. movies. Can I just say, uh indiana jones indiana jones is the prototype prototype for vin diesel in Hmm. fast and the furious movies because there is yeah he's the american james bond he's dirty he like plays in the dirt but he's afraid it's how about how about that snake rescue where we're not there yet. God okay. damn it. Let's, let's, let's get through this plot. Danny, you're getting me upset. We, we, need to, we need to work through this plot a little bit more and chip away at this. Okay. So I'm in a good mood. So, and then you bring up uh, monkey swinging and snake, snake wrangling uh, from fucking quicksand. Um, all right. But yeah. So, so well, where we are we, Brandon? We are at the point of the movie where Mutt has, uh, and Indiana Jones have had their first interaction together, and Mutt is telling them that Oxley, or A.K. Ox, is missing, who is a, a longtime friend of Indiana Jones. Oxley was obsessed with these crystal skulls. He went to go look for these crystal skulls vis-a-vis the El Dorado, the City of Gold, which is where one of them might be. Concordingly. And... So uh, th- the reason they were on the chase is that so Shia LaBeouf is telling uh, Harrison Ford, I'm going to instead of you got some KGB. What do you call him? What do you call him? Oh, fucking bricks. Bricks. Thank you. Those God. Two, yeah. Thank those you. Two bricks over there. Yeah. You see those two bricks. So they're well, from the second that Shia LaBeouf walks in, he's like talking. It looks like. Shia LaBeouf read some like 1940s phrase book and was like, there, that's my character. I just say like cows come home, office rock, like smog in the nog and shit like that. <laughs> and like that's his character. Did you character. make up that last I, one? <laughs> the thing. Uh, but it fits in the movie. I, I get what you're talking about because there is a I lot mean, of yeah, fan service. Yeah, but he just drops them all at once. 
<laughs> he drops them all at once. It doesn't feel natural Daddy and fly and cool. It feels yeah. like he just <laughs> like prattles off shit like like one right after another, and it's like okay, like, okay. So yeah, I honestly, again, this is just like forties or whatever. George George Lucas again. I I I think it's just it's so his well. wet dream, and and I go, to go back to yeah. Brandon's point again, it's like there's I I really would play. I don't want to say because Spielberg directed this movie. Like, I don't want to place all blame one way or the other, but there is a reason. I don't know. Lucas people were so the star Wars fans and Lucas, George Lucas did not get along. And I think it's kind of to Brandon's point too. It's like, they liked all these aspects of star Wars that Lucas wasn't like giving them. Not that Disney might is necessarily doing any better with, with, with certain stuff. We're not going to get all into star Wars and, and shit like that, but he got to, you know, he, yeah. he had to remove himself essentially. He got a fat yeah. paycheck or whatever for it, but, uh, um, fat check for it. But, uh, he got removed from, from that. And there's just like, so this scene, yeah, it was like that all the greaser stuff. I just always, I just was thinking American graffiti this whole time. And yeah. the greaser versus, uh, preppy kids battle was, I was um, into that a little bit though. It, was, it had I, that Spielberg, I, I, Spielberg I sort of, uh, sort of, um, which is nice, whim, whimsy, it's, whimsy, but it's yeah, it's whimsy. just like I don't know. I again, I I was just wanted to leave the campus as soon as possible. I wanted that exposition dump to be done and for them to get out and and to go on their adventure. But I'm I'm glad you enjoy it and it the the beats and pacing of it. These are again like acclaimed directors, like they know how to set up pacing and they know there's so many wonderful camera movements. There's so many yeah, uh, beats that they hit very well and, and blocking of actors that of things that you can only mm -hmm. get with, with experience on sets and so being exciting being, old, yeah. um, and so it's just like, I think, I think I do take that for granted. And I think that was what I was trying to give it credit for this time too. It's like, even like the whole opening shots of introducing Indy with the, him putting the hat on and the shadow and the guy coming out of the car and the very James Bond, Doctor No sort of way of introducing him. Even Temple of Doom did the same thing. Um, it's again heavy-handed and all that stuff, but it's like deft filmmaking. Like they 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 know what they're doing, and in in lesser hands, this would be unwatchable. Like this is something that you're like blown away <laughs> yeah. with the audacity of the ideas and what that what's happening. But it is <laughs> strangely watchable. Of like, what are they going to do next? Um, but if yeah, it, it, this could have. Could have been much much worse, and but it also at the same time it could have been much better, you know. Uh, Absolutely, because yeah. fundamentally yeah. it's two people who yeah. love movies, and they're they've always that's why they continue to be successful. Like in all of their things that they've made, have such a longevity to them because there is such a love for movies and the movie watching experience that even though there are in this movie in particular so many things to not like about it because it doesn't pay attention it doesn't direct in a way that is actually good in the sense of what what people like what matters like all of that stuff and these guys love movies and they're yeah. making a movie and there is something magnetic about that. And well, can I say too, it's like, I, and Danny brought yeah. it up in a great way where like they, they take away in Indy's ability to solve the problems 
Like mm-hmm. John Hurt really they broke their formula. Breaks like leads the path. It's like an ensemble thing where it's like Scooby Doo gang where they're all trying to do it together. But honestly, like John Hurt leads the path, and Mutt gets him out of the quicksand with the snake, and he looks so help. And it's you know it's it's trying to be funny like seeing Indy. Uh, helpless and vulnerable and everything, but it's also kind of a bummer because <laughs> he's already like he's already older and stuff. And then you see him in quicksand, him throwing a snake, and he's just like, <laughs> I don't want to. It's like uh, make he make him help make, himself out. Like please say rope, just say rope, and then oh, and he that, grabs that the snake. It's like oh, it's yeah. I didn't want to see Indy like that. That wasn't and <laughs> it was dry. That was what was dry it? sand. Dry sand. Yeah. That was and, dry- that was Justin, and it's only it was, it, as you're fine as long as there's a what is it called a collapse of some kind yeah or it's it, like an air pocket that's a funny that was a funny sound effect if we're talking about sound effects that like and then like it collapse you can it, really like it, yeah and then it was like a geyser um man i would have just loved to see them try to do that snake thing and then just rip the snake in half <laughs> and just starts bleeding all, yeah, all the skin yeah, starts coming bleeding. off or something <laughs> <laughs> yeah. or it bite. it's like it's a rat snake but it'll it just bites his neck or some shit and it's just this extreme extremist and brutal shot uh, it's just all like these baby a, snakes a fill out all over <laughs> yeah. it's a, it's it just like, cuts into the ripping of the snake yeah. where you see the tension of it and then it just fucking explodes <laughs> He, he like goes just like up to his eyes and so you see yeah. his pain expression like as he yeah. slowly like uh, fades out and goes unconscious, and then um, oh, never mind. But <laughs> uh, blood all over Indy's face. It's just like shooting at him. He's like, oh. <laughs> like, oh, there's snakes in the sand as well. They're sand snakes inside. Oh, oh sand shit. snakes. Oh. <laughs> Dry sand snakes. <laughs> and it just dies, and then the rest of the movie is just mud solving all the problems. Oh. <laughs> they actually like give the hat to mud. Like, He's like, oh, oh fuck. This hat doesn't lo- look very good with my leather jacket. <laughs> it just rests on the, the quicksand. This is and, and then the hat's just on the top, and he's like, well, I gotta pick up this mantle now. And then that's the rest of the movie. Yeah. It was just tall enough to where his scalp and his hat is Are visible. They, they- the quicksand pit starts to show that it has teeth on the sides of it. And like, then these like two oh. <laughs> like plant tentacles come out. Oh, I thought you were going return of the Jedi, <laughs> uh, star Wars creature or whatever. The fuck? <laughs> and then Boba shows up That's and falls into yeah. <laughs> that. Fucking pit. Like, pit everybody guy. loves that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's some mention yeah, of I mean, midi chlorians or something the, like uh, Cape Lanchette. It's just like, I'm going like into psychic like... warfare. I have the force now. Um, <laughs> oh and John, God. John Hurt and aliens. I think, <laughs> uh, I think he's experienced uh, some sort of alien uh, fourth kind experience at some point before, you know, uh, <laughs> who's an alien in the chest. You know, the alien person out of his chest. Uh, if you guys know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I would have loved. Yeah, I'd he lo- actually. What if there was an ex? What killed. if there was writing credit to Dan Aykroyd on this movie? How funny would that be? God, they need him in this movie. <laughs> he was, was in the saying. other Indiana yeah, Jones. Like, it feels like he was in. He was, it feels like okay, it's like. Well, let me just tell you about these crystals. Like Dan stuff. Aykroyd, yeah. alien, like uh, like QAnon conspiracy theory fan fiction. Okay, I, I just wish he was like the same role like that he was in the last movie like where he's just at the airport and he's just explaining real i think that's what he does and i forget which movie 
he was just like explaining real quick to to Indy like what's going on. If he was just the same role, except he's like got a crystal vodka, like his crystal vodka. He's like, here, Indy, take a shot. Let me tell you what's going on over there. It's <laughs> like, wait, you made a, you took one of the alien skulls and made a fucking bottle out of it and put vodka. In? He's like, yeah. And now I'm like seeing in in other wavelengths. <laughs> Let me just tell you. The aliens know that we exist. They've been watching us, but now since nine eleven, they're not going to come down and visit us. <laughs> <laughs> Do you watch the History Channel, Indy? <laughs> I mean, Fox News has some really serious <laughs> shit that they're talking about. <laughs> they're talking about the real stuff. I'm oh, starting man. to lean more towards OAN, but. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, there's good people on both sides of the Reds and, you know, on over, <laughs> over here, too. You know, it's, it is it is what it is. Like, uh, some of the what psychic was, warfare isn't so bad, you know. Take a shot. Take a shot. Come on. Take a shot. It's just <laughs> Dan Aykroyd and uh, Matt. Matt DeLong? What is his name? Oh yeah, Matt Matt Delange from Blink One Eighty Two, Angels and <laughs> Angels and Airwaves, baby. Aliens just, exist. I oh man, what if they just had the writing credit? That was them. That hey was guys, the deal. it's Tom Delange here. How's it going? <laughs> Tom, Tom hey, Delange. what's going yeah, on? You guys are talking about aliens, huh? Aliens well, exist. They don't like us. They could kill us. And oh, then they're the since nine eleven, they're not going to come and visit us. <laughs> Well, I'm going to go. I'll see you guys later. Enjoy your podcast. Oh, you know. And I'm so sorry. Just let you know, I'm feeling this. I'm feeling this. I'm feeling this podcast. <laughs> All right, that's enough. Bye, Tom. That's a- see ya. Bye, Tom. Bye, guys. <laughs> Bye, guys. <laughs> just just, oh, so just want to let you know I, I missed you. <laughs> Gotta regret right now. This movie. Uh, <laughs> uh, we're just, I'm just trying to avoid avoid this movie. Okay, so we are avoiding the plot of this movie so Matt, much. He, you go on the okay. So okay. we're done with the campus, right? Brandon, do you have anything else yeah, to say well, about the no, campus? No, like, no. I, I would just okay. Can I just to... before wait before we leave it? Everyone loves say, mutt, I, I, right? Like we're I, all down with mutt, the mutt life, right? Dude, mud for life. Uh, uh, not, I am not on board with mud. Yeah, I think fuck mud. Mud actually, I'm actually on board with mud. Okay, I have a hot take. I have a real hot take, guys. So, if you were to recast mud right now, who would you choose? Oh, well, if you have a hot take, I'm curious what your answer is. Little Nas X. <laughs> yeah, I like that too. Whoa, cool. I like that a lot. <laughs> I, I was I was just that. thinking I was thinking short I'm round. So I'm Indiana so Jones, into that. I, I am so fucking into that. Because sure. he he because a, little, a little a little nice X is a tall guy. He's a good is looking he? guy. He's already yeah. down to do cowboy shit. I didn't shit. know he was tall. He's a tall guy. Right? I think he's like He looks he looks kind of like, I, I think he's like six two, right? Oh. I dude. I, I love that direction that you're going in. I was just thinking, like, bring Short Round back and make him the new indie. Oh, I mean, well, you're like, what's up, Dr. Jones? Awesome and yeah. it as, Stand six feet two inches. As, wow. Are you going to do the guy. same? He'd look great in that hat, are you too. Gonna, 
Oh, he would look so good. (laughs) He would like with the wig, and it would be made by Balenciaga. Yeah, and he's got like a black like (laughs) S and M whip or something. (laughs) And he's just fucking like, uh, he's he's strap on fucking Kate Blanchett, Essel Chaps, and shit. I I watch it. I fucking I fucking watch that. Oh, I prefer that. I mean, it's it's interesting, like how hot shit Shia LaBeouf was at this time. I guess what I think he had done. Steven Spielberg Spielberg uh, (laughs) saw him in Holes and really liked him in Holes, and then cast an iceberg. Yeah, (laughs) Steven Iceberg. Spent iceberg. Yeah, spent iceberg. Yeah. Uh huh. (laughs) Icebergians. Uh, where my icebergs at? Hey, oh yeah, no, the polar polar bears. Where, where my polar like, bears? Oh, you like icebergs? Uh, I think polar bears is, is no the polar. I'm I'm so into the polar bear. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's got to be. I mean, we already and got we already got our number one polar bear with us today. <laughs> icebergs uh, are what you call your groupies. Yeah, right. Oh, hmm. <laughs> polar birds. <laughs> So so we're we're on the that he has a little drink packing up with uh, Jim Broadbent. I'd like to have a little half glass, another half glass with Jim Broadbent. That sounds nice. Such a Fraser um, vibe where he's just he having it. seemingly a ha- like a little like sherry glass where yeah. it's like this oh, fem- yeah. thimble. Of a I love drink. how modest. I love how modest it is. It's just like yeah, I'm gonna have two half glasses instead of one <laughs> full glass. But he's living well. Like he calls it out. He's like, well, for my health, you know, I just can yeah. only have a the taste. The the tox. It's good for the toxins. Whatever. I don't know. To, yeah. <laughs> the free radicals. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and then, he, and then you have a nice little oh, to he's a, great to Sean Connery. Uh, Papa, yeah, Sean Papa, Connor, Papa Jones. He was asked to be in this movie, and mm-hmm. then uh, he turned he it in, down. He was enjoying retirement too he much. Said retirement, yeah, <laughs> he said retirement's too good. Yeah, can't blame him. It's didn't it he come out of retirement well. to do something else though? Uh, I mean, the last thing he did was League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, I th- I believe was his like last starring role. And I think after that mm-hmm. experience and, and missing on uh, Matrix and Lord oh, of the Rings after being offered both of those roles and then getting offered this. I, yeah, I don't know. He I'm, did some, it would have been kind of a bummer to see really weird... make, instead of League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, have this be his last one. Both, <laughs> yeah. I mean, which one would you prefer? <laughs> So Ugh. he also did some really weird, small, like animated movie right at the end of his career. And it looked bonkers. Uh, I, mm. I, I, I'm going to look it up, but I got to find it. But I saw so it for it and I was like, there is so much fan service in this movie to him. There's even at the end of it talking about how much Sean Connery would have appreciated Mud and appreciated the moments that are happening. It is, yeah, it's such a good, also to that, just like that singular point or singular thing that happens in the movie is such a great representation of what is the objective of this movie, which is so incredibly fan servicey and it just too yeah. is complete and absolute fault mm-hmm. where it just it, it doesn't it, need it, to be either it just doesn't need to okay yeah and I, I like it, this this movie made me like really mad about movies which is such an which was it's kind of it i mean it's a cynical movie man to be honest yeah like, just just the whole 
I don't know. I feel like the the origins of it, it just it seems but then it makes you realize, yeah, I don't know, everyone loves indie and, and this franchise and everything, but then it kinda opens its the the transparency of what's really behind it just becomes more of like, yeah, honestly, I just picture like <laughs> Spielberg and Lucas jacking each other off or like the fucking South Park <laughs> thing where they literally have like whatever, whatever that, what is that movie? Just, Deliverance uh, or whatever. Where like, he, yeah. Ra- yeah, where they, they're just raping Indy, you know? <laughs> and, and that's a very visceral <laughs> fucking uh, visual of it that only Matt and Trey could come up with. I, I think from South Park, but it's like, yeah, it's yeah. just so much about them abusing, honestly, like this beloved <laughs> character in this, yeah, in this yeah. way. But like at the same time, I, I am a part of this too, where it's like, I try not to take it so <laughs> personal because it is their fucking creation and they can bastardize it, do whatever the fuck they want with it, you know? And it's yeah, like, who am I to say it's, darling, like, yeah. it's their shit. Like, and, and theirs alone, like they can do whatever they want with it. And it's up, you know, it's up to you whether, how you want to take it. But I think it is just like pretty eye opening seeing some of the, the, again, like the physical feats that he goes through as an old, older gentleman is above and beyond anything he's done collectively in the in the whole trilogy, save for maybe yeah, like the like like I said, like the mining when going through the mine carts is pretty wacky and Temple of Doom and and, and some of that stuff and, and the bridge that. and that one I love that bridge scene, but yeah, still, that's fun. That's uh, it's it's fun. fun. Yeah, that's like a roller coaster or something. But yeah, with this it's like he is older and he's doing more. And it's like you would think you could like stri- you could go the opposite direction and strip it down. Even more so, or just yeah. that's that's my total and, and have like for this movie. have a yeah, mystery because absolutely. like if we if I can propel us a little bit further in the plot to my favorite scene in the movie, you know they have the classic uh, montage traveling scene. Um, yeah, they go oh, to Peru to yep. get this, the, the skull off of Ox's uh, uh, clues for, in a dead language. Is in this note that only Indy uh, figured out, but they they do some tomb raiding. And that is my yep. favorite scene in the movie is when they, when him and Mutt are, yeah. are uh, tomb raiding in, in that scene, you know, the, the guys with the, the skulls on their heads come out and they're kind of wacky and silly, but past okay, that, when they, they, when they go into the tomb and they're exploring that, dark? it's wonderful. It like that, if that they uh, did very effectively and it's just two guys low lit, uh, in a, in a cool looking set with like scary real skeletons sitting there and they're just, uh, uncovering this mystery and it's, Extremely yeah. effective in my favorite part. But on their way there, when they get into that fight before they get into the, the temple or the cave or whatever, there's like all the people they fight, they're like monkey children. Like they're children that are like running around on all fours like and like swinging or around and stuff. Man. Yeah. Yeah. But I thought they looked like children. Like it looked like they were fighting like 11 year olds. Well, because their voices were like where, changed yeah, they were, somehow too, altered. Yeah. But there was that part where, like, the one goes to blow a dart at uh, Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. And, like, Indy jumps in front and then blows into it. And mm-hmm. it sucks into his throat. And then he's like, they're poison. And the guy dies. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, fuck. Like, it felt like when you see Batman, like, roast some people in Batman, at, like, in the second Batman or whatever, where you're like, that's not what they do. Like, I don't know. Indiana Jones, you've seen him shoot people and stuff before. But this is, like, a kid, it looked like. Like it was pretty, I don't know. It, it reminded me of like, a, I don't know. I've seen enough James Bond movies. It reminded me of like a silly James Bond death or something like that, where he's just kind of like, yeah, it was. And it's, but it's an, it's an old man thing. Like reason. A grown man. And, and that kind of stuff is maybe a bit 
better than him doing like a fucking jumping off something and doing grabbing a bar and doing a backflip into like a window and landing on his back and getting right back up. Something like that is a little bit yeah. more like I'll use my wily uh, old man wits yeah. to like uh, yeah. think the situation. It, it was out. a cool move. It was a really cool move. Ball, ball. Um, and and then that Mayan seesaw, like the <laughs> when they're climbing crawling into the cave and. <laughs> They're crawling across like he's crawling and it yeah. gets narrower and then, and then uh, Mutt makes fun of him and then it suddenly starts to tip the other way. Mm. I, I I thought that was like the easiest, cheapest thing that like <laughs> I, I thought looked pretty cool. I thought that uh, shot was, of Indiana Jones uh, as the seesaw came back the other way was a, just a, a great glory shot of Indiana Jones like smiling, giving his hand yeah. out to Mutt. Like, so I thought that. And there's a little bit of John Williams music and I was... It just brought this whole like how this uh, solving those things and Indy taking charge and being taking the lead and uh, sol solving the mysteries of a tomb is is what I want to see what I'm dying to see by Absolutely. by the time they do it again. But I would it's, say it's really him following Ox's direction and then. Uh, but I would say like, stumbling if, into something if, we already know. Right. Which we, if yeah. the if the seesaw was supposed to be like the spiked room in Temple of Doom, then that was kind of lackluster, though. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's, it's just a st giant stone seesaw. Mm -hmm. Moving on, and like you know, that was the trap. Like, yeah, and there was there was this with like I mean these these uh, these guys that were defending the tomb. I guess were like around, but there were later when they go in the other tomb, oh they're, my they're God, like that's literally so like in the walls in cocoons in yeah. like, and they only yeah. pop out. So like the traps, <laughs> there's not traps anymore. The traps are people like they walk they, past they, a certain thing. Yeah, and but like it was like, how did they get set up <laughs> like rather than that. blow darts? They're just fucking no, they just <laughs> like, like cicadas, Danny. They've just been there for like, you know, <laughs> 20 years, years. Oh, you know, they're that. just waiting for somebody to step on some stones mm -hmm. and we don't even see those. There's no, even that's the, these are the things that blow me away is that what is so fun about Indy is like that he steps on a particular yeah, stone oh and then has to, like then roll over or like somebody dies that or goes invisible before bridge. There was, yeah 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 there was none of that good, in this movie really lacking a good like yeah yeah it doesn't totally right. it doesn't i mean i guess the warehouse thing with the magnet yeah it's like he was more like Daddy. that was more like a macgyver thing it was really like very Mac MacGyvering <laughs> that, that whole that whole shit out because we have no there isn't a close under like uh analog to what is happening in the sense of like okay we can understand that uh, a bag needs to be a certain weight in order for like a weight system to interact in a certain way there isn't any of that it's like we're looking for an alien and then he tells us that metal is what we need like i didn't know <laughs> corpses for aliens are magnetic like i don't get I, what are you talking about and ancient aliens bro like <laughs> like i feel like this is part of like this is part of the QAnon conspiracy like when yeah, like when sure. all oh, so these yeah i mean you could you could play this on history channel and, and it would be nonfiction. yeah for real <laughs> but again uh, i cannot emphasize like, enough these are not aliens these are interdimensional beings oh, and it is right. completely right. different 
it's like Rick and Morty. It's just like Rick and Morty. Just Rick like Morty. Rick and Morty. You have this gray-haired Rick old man, and, and I mean Spielberg essentially kid. created that as well. I mean he produced Back to the Future. I mean it's all, yeah, it's right. all. He's he's had such an influence on on <laughs> on pop popular culture. It's, it's yeah, absolutely. And George Lucas. I mean it's like we're, the ramifications too. of what these two guys have done. Like they've earned every right to just jerk each other off as much as they want. Yeah. Um, with whatever properties they want to do it with, and and they have with whether it's Star totally. Wars or, or indie, and they might. I've heard they're doing it again. They're doing a, they possibly a fifth indie movie. I, well, I don't know how that's going to happen, but it's I, it's there's rumbles and tumbles out there in the world uh, about something like that. But um, almost well, not go filming. see that on purpose. Like after oh, you got to be so curious about that. I but the thing Here's is, the is that. Got hurt. Like he oh, there's a shoulder, set. Oh, like, it's actually in production. Yeah, and they oh, were shit. shooting for it, uh, but it's gotten like you know started and stopped because of COVID. But then I guess Harrison Ford put out something where he hurt his shoulder, and then a couple days later they said it sounds like he hurt his short, shoulder a lot worse. Which oh, wow. yeah, like, like seventy years old. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if it was like a Star Wars thing. He's like the only the only way I'm doing. Tell him. I hurt my shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm actually like, just. You know what? Fuck it. Like we're done. Or like the only <laughs> way I, I feel like he would do it is is if. I don't know. Maybe this isn't the. He doesn't feel the same way about Indy as he does about Han Solo. But he just wanted to do Han Solo if that character would die. So I was, maybe it's that sort of thing. Yeah. But maybe he yeah. loves Indy more, and he he's, cares more about the legacy of that character to not go down and. Or maybe he's or, crying out that. for help. <laughs> Maybe he just he's like trying to tell us all something through. Like, I just think like, he's yeah, I don't know he's a very very. Se- I would say he's <laughs> I, very I selective can't. about his roles, but I can't believe that. There's times when he's <laughs> in these roles, and you can tell he's kind of checked out as well. So it's like, yeah, if you oh, are yeah, going to select this, that's like more like it is like yeah. he just doesn't, you know, he he's like you know I have better things to do sometimes, and he probably like, does. That's like, that's well, the whole start of Harrison Ford's career is that he was working as a handyman, carpenter. Right? Yeah. A carpenter. Uh, and then he was uh, producing like some of the furniture and something. And then yeah, like one of the um, offices at like, was it, is it Warner brothers or no, or like whatever, yeah. whatever studio. And then they, was it American graffiti that he first, yeah. Mm-hmm. He first showed up in for, for George Lucas and Han, Han, they're like, Oh, we need someone for Han Solo. Yeah. And, snagged him too i mean the dude it just like doesn't give a fuck and that's a part of his appeal because he's just like yeah not there's no uh pomp and circumstance with like his his acting or anything because it's like part time (laughs) yeah real got it good I mean, uh, but to his credit, though, he's obviously been in Blade Runner and other movies. He's a fucking legend, as with Spielberg and Lucas, uh, man. It's crazy. A legend. And the re- he is the type of actor who's like, okay, so I need to feel this way about this thing. Okay. Sounds good. And well, then yeah, you just and do it. You don't, do it and you don't think about it. Like you don't, oh, you don't overanalyze. Mm-hmm. You go, okay, so here's the situation that I felt this way about it. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I'm going to just project this and then you just do it. Yeah. And then it, you turn it on. You look great when you're doing it mm-hmm. and then you fucking nail yeah. it. He's not precious and, about it. He's yeah. like, I'm, I'm a, I'm a craftsman with, with my art form as well. And I'm, and I'm a sound yeah. actor and yeah, there's no sort of, 
it doesn't there's seem no, as much drama yeah, yeah. around it's, it you know it's yeah. not yeah there's no drama there's no theatrics it's like okay so i need to be sad in this uh, this scene okay yeah i'll be sad in this movie but it it's almost like he has a cantankerous relationship with acting where he's like, oh, he's cantankerous uh, just <laughs> through and through. Yeah. And what I would say then, uh, right. Uh, the point that I'm making is, is he is cantankerous in the things that he does where he knows how to do what is asked of him and he does it. But at a point he just doesn't want to deal with the bullshit that comes with being in a movie and it happened very quickly because he isn't somebody who sought out acting he's somebody that came upon it because he naturally is somebody who's like oh tell me an emotion okay i can feel that i mean if you were to give me an emotion i can feel like that but i don't look like fucking harrison ford i mean yeah i will i will give him credit as as well because there's it's just like you, I don't know, like with, with acting, you just, you don't have to go that Daniel Day-Lewis with it or, or whatever. You have to completely alter your, your lifestyle with it. And you, and you can be a wonderful, fully accomplished, great actor. Just, Absolutely. And I think Anthony Hopkins kind of has like a similar approach, who's an amazing actor who, who it, again, doesn't get too precious about it, I think. And actually and, does. And, and does, does his work, you know, I, I, I feel like I've heard, uh, I don't know stories about him. Or, I don't know, maybe yeah. maybe later in Actually, his career or something. Hook, but I think he, Hook, he, it was it's just it's too. just one of one of his uh, things that he does is why I think he composes and does other art as well. And it's just one of those things he can turn on and and turn off a bit more. I know as a, as like an totally. up and coming actor and younger in his career, I think he was maybe hot headed or or something Very about so. about, yeah. about uh, just as a as a personality. Um, but I, also, I think it's it's one of those things you can. You can turn on and off, but enough enough about that. We, uh, where are we in in the movie? We uh, we're in we Peru. The, we we're into the cave. There, yeah, we're spelunking a bit. Uh, they find the uh, what's his face in the cocoons. They find some bodies in the cocoons that are like fresh from five hundred years ago because these cocoons have kept them so so well. And then they find the uh, crystal skull behind the main dude. Who was like okay. a big gold hungry explorer and 500 years ago. I haven't brought this up yet, but something that fucking drove me crazy is that the crystal skulls had teeth in them. Mm -hmm. That's not how that works. Yeah. Well, well, so, well, I mean, we have teeth and I mean, teeth is bone. I mean, we have teeth in our skulls. And when you see a skull of a human, I mean, that's our teeth are there. Teeth is an animal. Yeah, no, right. But I mean, you That's see, not... you have skull like human. I mean, it's an alien, interdimensional being. You can design it however the fuck you want. Teeth and doesn't. I mean, they are very anthropomorphic, uh, whatever. I can't fucking say that word. And their ribs kind of have this wavy sort of pattern to it, or whatever. But do you mean like their teeth? It just looks like they're a part of uh, their skull, and their mouth is almost doesn't concave as much as it should within those teeth kind of or, or the implication that is said in the movie is, is that their skeleton is made of crystal, which is stupid because the crystal skulls yeah. in reality are made of quartz. And so the whole thing that's so interesting about them is, is that 
in a time that didn't have the technology to carve quartz that way because it's such a hard mineral to see these sculptures of the human skull out of quartz was so like crazy where they're worth billions of dollars. They're like, how did, how did a collection of people? Cause really they're in the crystal skull mythos is, is there's like a Danny, you probably know there's like six or seven of them. I'm not as familiar with the crystal skull thing, but I think like they said in the movie, I think that supposedly there's like, nine but then there's people that have popped up and said they had crystal skulls all sure. over the place and like totally it's, i mean uh, like the the thing that people are banking on is you can't carbon date crystal because it's been around forever and people right. just like carved and removed it so to try, to try and get like a date from it or something what you need is it to be sealed inside something and then have proof by it being like wrapped around something or you know, you date the date thing. That. Yeah. For sure. And they've made some interesting breakthroughs in being able to, like, uh, if if two stones have been put together and then they're trying to figure out how old something is, able to, like, m measure the light that is trapped between those two stones, like the amount of, like, photons or light particles... And then from doing that, they can date how far back it was those. You just broke Yeah, up. still there? Yeah, you broke uh Oh, up. Did you catch any of that? <laughs> A little bit, but you were talking about how they're able to date crystals and quartz. Well, yeah, you can't. Can't really can't it's tough to date stone or crystals yeah and so right. that's why people can then like machine different ones and just claim it you know right totally um so i mean like first they go to like that prison and then they find oxes like scribblings on the walls which lead them then to the cave then they go to the cave they find the conquistadors, like, or whatever. Yeah, they find like, um, the elongated skull, which was, I thought, the a particular type of skull. That that... We... Oh, we're breaking up. I can't hear. Oh, you. I, I just said that's right. Oh, okay. And, um,. Yeah, so they talk about the skulls, and oh, where are we at? So we're at. When do they meet up with? Don't they get captured and then they meet up with the mom? They get captured after they were spelunking in the cave. Yes, yeah, so that is right. So that's where we're at. So they get captured by the communists because the communists are looking for the skulls because the whole objective of Kate Blanchett is that she is the like communist Nazi equivalent to, Psy to a psyops. Like, so in yeah. uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, we have the like, it, it, it like Hamler or whatever. Bella. It, it exists in a space where, 
Oh, well, mainly Last Crusade for sure, but it, it, like we're now, so there are artifacts that exist in reality. Certain artifacts have this mythos about them that then we are going to kind of like build upon to create this more fantastical, like uh, spiritual or elemental element of this, which is the grounding of like a solid Indiana Jones movie. And so we're at this point in the movie, we're all looking for a crystal skull because of why it's going to point us in the direction of return El Dorado. Uh, yeah, you gotta, they gotta return it to El Dorado, the city of gold. Um, I'm kind of jumping back in from a little bathroom break, but if I guessing where you're trying to get to in the <laughs> plot, um, you, yeah. It's the the it's Ox uh returned it to the place where he found it because it because it told him to and you remember Harrison Ford's whole connection with it where Kate Blanchett put whole, it in front yeah. of him and it and you know I was I was kind of okay with that they could have gone a little bit further with it but that's essentially what kind of happens in Temple of Doom at the end is like he's all mystified he's like under the spell a little bit so and seeing that susceptible side within even Indy who's like this hero sort of thing it's like he's still a human and having that kind of vulnerability not in a fucking dry sand with the snake trying to get out sort of shit maybe if he's afraid of snakes I think that's an at like a fun little quirky vulnerable thing even though he's so invincible in other ways um but yeah I, I don't know um he's uh so he, he, he gets that whole, has to confront it as, I guess they, did they do the same thing? No, Ox just did that himself. He um, went crazy and they, and they put him in a psychiatric ward and he kept writing on the walls about returning, returning, returning. Uh, and I guess he must have returned it before or after getting out, getting in or out of prison, going crazy to do it. And he put it back where it came, where he found it. But I guess that's where it gets a little convoluted and confusing. It's like, you're still crazy and you're still talking about returning it. You returned to where you found it when you really needed to return it to the city of gold and you knew how to get there, but you didn't do it when well, you were like so obsessed stuck. with it. He just, Oh, is it because the Kate Blanchett took it or they took it from its resting place and started fucking with it that he was just like, Oh, we need well, to bring it back to return it where it needs wasn't to be. That he, he didn't figure out. He didn't figure out the one part of the riddle and so- he just like put it back because it was I don't know uh, mm. because it made him cr- it made him crazy or right whatever. and then he, and then Indy kind of took it the, the next step further the with his writings. And if you put it in the in the, the bases off the thing and all the comes. Was he trying to prevent it, everything from happening? Because with with Kate Blanchett, she was trying to gain the ultimate power or whatever. And ultimate knowledge so maybe he was just trying to re- prevent that from happening but when indy looked into it it told him to return and he was obsessed with returning so i was just confused if returning meant return to yeah. where he found it or return it to its rightful place on top of the seventh body because yeah it, it seemed like things were at peace before that happened and then Indy was like, well, why are we bringing <laughs> like you they told him was like indy you don't have to put it there he's like well it wants me to do it uh, but then what did it want out of John and Hurt? I guess he couldn't, he, John Hurt just couldn't figure it out. I guess it was too, too big, too much for him to handle in his, in his human font, small, uh, human feeble mind. 
right? Is I mean, I was I guess these then, are things I was just kind of confused about. I don't know, and and Ox was just yeah, such yeah. a I key mean, part of this. That's how that's how they the whole him him going and returning it. Like they made a big they pointed it out too. Like instead of just kind of I don't know. I mean, I don't know why they did that. They could have it made it very convoluted. Uh but I mean, yeah, I think once they got to the Mayan temple, he like led them all the way to it and then like when they got to like the obelisk part he that's where he couldn't figure it out or something and then took mm. it back i'm okay yeah um but remember like they could he he, he had him auto write the he was like <laughs> yeah, that's such a spielberg thing oh my god in, the auto writing thing was so stupid to me. And then they're like, yeah. why didn't I, Oh, why didn't I notice that before? And I was like, of course, auto writing. <laughs> <laughs> like, what the hell? Man, I was thinking about how like, I was such a Spielberg thing. And then like another movie with a different thing that might be fine and fun, but how he uses fun little, uh, situational things <laughs> to move the plot along as well. And that little piece of information was what was necessary to get to the next part. And that was, that was just a, yeah, like a fun little way to just like, Oh, pen and paper, pen and paper. And what Indy was solving was just translating what Ox already knew rather than Indy at that point, having the agency and leadership and I mean, still being a leader, but power to be able to figure out himself. It was way more Scooby-Doo gang than, than anything else and that was just that was just different you know i mean uh yeah there's bond some of the later bond movies have more elements of that as well but this is just uh camp you know and i and brandon if if uh you can relate as well i was really thinking about dying another day with this movie are you there yeah i'm here i'm thinking about uh, die another day as an analog to this and yeah because it's a great like analog in the sense that it is the hyperbolic version of what the core material is it's right? gone so far into camp and to what could possibly be as as uh the limits of what is possible with this franchise i think in terms of what the character can do and and the the obnoxious abilities whether it's windsurfing down a tidal wave caused by a satellite shooting sun energy um, at an iceberg or, or where my iceberg head's at. Uh, <laughs> uh, or, it's, or it's, you know, fucking swinging on tree branches or something. It's, it's something about where it's like, let's really see what we can do with this and have fun with it and have and just go go with it and, and everything like that to, to such its detriment. Um but there's something earnest with the ideas, but also something, yeah, kind of just like cynical with it as well, where it's like they don't, there was no limitations, I think, whereas the cynicism kind of comes from me is, is that like lack of limitations. And I think that, again, uh, makes sometimes better art is when at least, I, I don't know, in, in a lot of ways where it's just like you're, you're limited by, by certain things. It's like. Spielberg maybe wanted to make Jaws more of a scary shark movie where you show the sharks like eating everyone up and everything, but it went fucking awful and they couldn't figure out the shark. And so the editor took it and made it an amazing movie. And it's just interesting when you yeah. have someone telling Spielberg, no, <laughs> you know, and all of his ideas and, yeah. and Lucas as well. 
um, and it's more of a collaborative thing it, are pared down uh, a bit. And I'm maybe yeah. bela- belaboring that point a, a bit more than I should, but it's just, I, I think, I'm, I think there are so many like fun, good ideas or whatever, but just, you need someone to rein it in a bit. I don't know. I think this is a good transition of a movie to get into a series that we're going to get into this podcast of doing very uh, more art films and more um, smaller films, because what we're trying to apply to this movie is, is that there are artistic things about the indie franchise that are great and that we would like to see more of because they just fundamentally work and they are just really successful at eliciting an emotion that they're set out to elicit. And this movie like goes too much to that. It goes, Oh, you need this. You need that. You like, it's, it want, it is a great representation of the phrase, like, you know, Ungapachka. Uh, uh, yeah, like it's too much. You, you're you're trying to appeal to everybody, but you're then being so unsuccessful at doing that because your cast and your range and your objective is too broad. It's not. It is just it results in being ineffective as being invocative or of the original source material or being evocative of any sort of a semblance of something interesting that you're trying to comment on. Like this isn't an interesting movie at all. It doesn't present itself. It's not structured in a way that's interesting at all. Like we've talked about from the get go from jump is that, we under we have been introduced to our villain. We've been introduced to the fantastical elements through the uh, seeing the alien, and then we're also introduced to the idea of Indy is an older man who is just then really commented on throughout the movie. Yeah, and just presents a lot. so much of like, and I, I'm just assuming the purpose of this in a lighter sense and in a more forgiving sense is that you are presenting to the viewer all of these things that you are trying to accomplish so that then they can go on the journey with you to solving those things or to finishing and tying the loose ends of it but you're presenting so much up front and then you're not effectively tying loose ends or finishing things. And then the scope is too large where you're not, how could you like say something with a plurality or with anything, a specific or a concentrated voice and saying like, this is how I feel about serials of the 1950s. Like that would have been so way more interesting than what we are giving is that what if this movie was uh heightened the male like uh attitude or envisioning of the perfect male in indiana jones but then also really made it present about uh marianne what is her name uh 
Marion. Um, Marion Ravenwood. Ravenwood. Like, what is her mission? And, like, really made it present and vocal. Like, those two those two voices or those two characters existed in these serialized uh early media. now she's just a mom brandon now she's just a mom now she it's but just brandon like, now she's just a mom <laughs> like well she man, had to prove it to indy i had a they're... life i had a life without you you know because indy's already concerned with just like well everything is wraps around just like in fast and furious <laughs> right <laughs> It's exactly like Fast and, and Furious when you think about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The whole, I, um, I don't know. I, 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 I think. Life. I mean, you were talking about how it was like structure and stuff. There's also a lot of this where it like it hits all the beats of of a lot of like other Indiana Jones movies in a very like yeah, is it like bastardized sort of sort of way where it has its three act structure, has the cold open, and it has. Uh, him at the campus teaching and it has these these moments and scenes that you're familiar with but then it just pumps him full of uh, shit that is not necessary goes too far uh, like it, again this movie could have been pared down in a way where like it just less less than what's already going on because that there's yeah. elements where it's like sure if, if Indy comes in contact with aliens that's what George Lucas wanted to do there's a, there's a version of that that I'm sure is fun but there's there you are confronted with things that make you like viscerally react to it like a, a man swinging on vines it's just like and a man like uh, an old man flying through the air in a, in a refrigerator and then landing on the ground and seeing a, a you know surviving a nuclear blast and seeing a prairie dog immediately after it's just like anything else can happen in that movie but you're going to remember that a dude fuck he, he fucking flew in that refrigerator and it's like I yeah, I don't know it's that sort of thing where it's like you could yeah, you the could whole time you could build bridges I I mean people have said this in so many other ways or you could build it's bridges you you can movie. fucking be a, a like a wonderful mayor and make a, a great city and and do many philanthropic things but if you fuck a goat you're known as the goat fucker to everybody around you like you can do as many good things as as <laughs> you, you want but goat. if you, but if you do if you do this thing it's like. That's so preposterous and strange. It's like everyone's just going to remember that one. Like, oh, that's the goat fucker. It's like, no, it's not like goat fucker. Now it's just known as goat fucker bridge, you know? But yeah. it's like this movie, it's like, yeah, I like the tomb raiding stuff. It's like, you know, it's like they, I almost kind of like the the buildup of going to the alien tomb with all the aliens sitting around. There's like those feelings that you get from past Indiana Jones movies. But then when I walk out of the theater, it's like, man, can you fucking believe the snake and the in the and the dry sand and and uh, monkeys. I can't. And, yeah. And it's I just can. like that's what that's what resonates, unfortunately. And I think that to the to the absolute detriment of this movie, and it's hard for for me to get past that uh, and think right. and and be curious about the place that it was coming from because it. I don't know. I I hesitate to call it earnest because it's not like earnest filmmakers. It's just more like let's see what kind of shit we can do sort of thing to be a little more. Yeah. Like cynical about it. Like we can do whatever the fuck we want. People will eat it up a little. I just get that, that feeling. A little. Yeah. Like they, <laughs> they just bend the, over indie. The hubris <laughs> is. What's that Danny? Um, so, Oh, I, I, I was just commenting on the hubris. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like uh, the, um, 
the other thing you were talking about, like frustrating moments or things that stick out. One thing that I'm I, I can't forget is like when they're having like the sword fight on the cars or whatever. Like, there's this classic part scene. where he's like looking and gets he gets his balls wailed on. Classic thing. He's looking for a weapon to fight with, and like he goes and opens the back, and there's like all those swords, mm-hmm. but like. Dude, mounted on the front of the vehicle is like a fucking machine gun. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's like, what the fuck is going on? Like, <laughs> and then five minutes later, they're firing it, and I'm, and I was like, maybe it wasn't. Maybe I'm looking at the wrong car or something. And then five minutes later, they're firing it, and I'm like, why is he digging through and grabbing swords to fight on cars? It just like yeah. It, and there's this close up I mean, of a... plant that. Because right before that, there's like a close-up of Kate Blanchett. She like runs out of ammo or something happens with her. her she had a gun. And then she like pulls out her sword yeah, and, and puts it on her face. And there's a close-up and it's like, oh, there's going to be this big duel. Nobody gets stabbed. No one gets fucking their head chopped off. I mean, well, it's a rapier. So did, it's it's more of a fencing thing. But, you know, no one gets stabbed. They did plant the seed, though, that like he dropped. Hopped out of school, but while he was in school, he did yeah. take fencing. He's good with knives. He's good, he's good with sharp like, things. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. They they spent yeah. plenty of time building it up, but it still didn't. It's not what I wanted to see, though. So it goes back to my, what I'm positing is is that you're not understanding well what people like about your own movies, which is so crazy to bring it back to Donda, right? Oh no! <laughs> uh, it oh, is, Jesus Christ! Uh, Here we go. I just like there is you can respond it's it's such a it's such a weird relationship to be in as a consumer where there is a produce there's somebody who makes a piece of art that has all of these elements to it and then i superimpose my beliefs and my bugaboos and the things that i like about something onto this piece of art and then just but then also at the same time critiquing it for not living it up to the expectations that i set but critics like this movie critics don't like donda Sure. Yeah, absolutely. But I, I, what I would say then is, is that the the same critique that critics have negatively about Donda is about this is similarly to this movie in the sense that they aren't talking about specifically how good this movie is. They're superimposing their feelings and their uh critique about the environment that i don't know man you the the proof is in the pudding of this fucking movie you could know nothing about this this could be a brand new you don't know nothing about indiana jones you sit someone down who's never heard of any of the other movies before and see their reaction like i don't know i'd be curious curious about how preposterous some of the shit that happens in this movie i don't i feel like you don't need to you don't need to know much to critique this movie (laughs) harshly i'm sure there's a lot of stuff as with like Hook or something where it's, we talked about where it's like there's a point in Spielberg's career where critics feel a certain sort of way about what he's doing and going into Hook. There is something that was, like we said, maximalist about what he's doing there. And maybe with, I can't believe I'm, 
Danny, I'm I'm giving into the Don compare comparison. Um, <laughs> is yeah, like he's given so much. He can do whatever the fuck he wants, and he has no one telling him no. Like, is that? I mean, that's that's as much as I can I can give you. That's as much as I can give yeah. you. I don't know. It's like it's it's essentially totally. that, but Just it's like coming back as, from the bathroom when I heard you say, "Danny, I'm doing something." What was that? Oh, I was giving into uh, Brandon's comparison of uh, Donda to this movie, and I was and I was. Uh, oh my god! I was buying into it. But it's I, I, I that's got, the best that's the best comparison I can see is just people that are maybe maybe closer to the latter half of their career than the first half of their career and they're in a certain place. Uh, well, they just are surrounded by. I'm kind of echoing. Is that saying, Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Totally. Uh, I don't know. I just changed out my my headphones, but okay. I think you I'm should okay. be able to hear you from a little bit. Yeah, I think maybe the headphones are are high or something. The like volume of it. Oh, um, I don't think so. They're they're earbuds, but here, let me just switch back. Either way, I was just hearing my voice for a second. Um, but <laughs> do you have anything else to? No, Brandon. Sorry. Please say everything that you feel about Donda in this movie, <laughs> and then we can move on. <laughs> so. <sighs> I don't know. There's just, there is an element to the critique of both of these where you are, you are either incorporating outside of the art. No, both of them incorporate the outside of the art. What I would say is, is that into Donda's um, like negative reviews is that people are, including how much they disdain Kanye West is political views and what he has done with this record from a more like societal standpoint and then including it into the review but then they're not like fully committing to that and they're still uh, like feeding into like, oh, yeah, I'm a movie reviewer or I'm a music reviewer, so I'm going to at least, like, give a little bit into this because that's my job rather than how I feel about it. And there's, with this movie, so much of we're putting this on a pedestal because this is made by classic made by classic filmmakers it has elements of excitement and serialization like serialized film um movie and storytelling mm -hmm. elements to it yeah that we're gonna color our opinion in that way yeah i think that does that does help there um they they are a little bit more maybe probably informed on on cinema history and and the intentions of the filmmakers yeah in yeah a, in, a meta, in a meta way almost would you guys agree that maybe a hat is another character in the movie oh yeah, <laughs> yeah for sure. like i mean as brandon says it's like new york and sex in the city i mean it's it's really yeah. it's really the it's what i say yeah that's James, one of brandon's James things Bond didn't have a hat James Bond. No, he's, he's, he's got his PPK. He's got his. He's got his Aston Martin DB5. Yeah. He's got his gadgets. He's got his Q. Yeah. And the later ones, it's uh, 
pretty Scooby-Doo as well. I was thinking of Skyfall and Spectre a bit starts to turn into a more of a, a group group effort. Gonna, Not to the extent of this whip. movie, but yeah. I'm gonna, James, I'm gonna I'm gonna call it now. We're gonna be doing this. We're gonna be doing the next <laughs> James Bond on this pod huh. because I guarantee you the critics are gonna hate it. I think somebody on either the critic side, I don't know yet, the critic side or the audience side are gonna hate this movie mm-hmm. because I have a it's strong I have a strong yeah. feeling that this movie is either going to poorly exceed in its storytelling elements mm-hmm. or it's not going to live up to the hype that it has yeah. been built. Unfortunately, I think it's either going to be that or it's going to be lukewarm from all accounts. Yeah, I, 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 I uh, but I'm, I'm very curious what's going to happen. We got to start doing some polarized betting on what, what the scores are going to be in in future future installments i would love to do a james bond movie i think the one that would apply the most would be on her majesty's secret service because all my life i've heard i don't know as a kid it's like oh that's the one with the bad uh james bond it only did one and i people didn't really like it and then i watched it and i really i really enjoy that movie but i always you hear different feelings about it uh that would be fun to talk about i don't know that was before rotten tomatoes but i would like to do a classic one what's that is that the one that starts out with the snow and and they're like he like is that so George that Lazenby? One? George Lazenby is the only one that he he'd ever done. Uh, there's snow in the movie, but it starts oh. out on the beach. <laughs> yep. Uh, but then it goes yeah, to but snow. That, the rest of the I'm movie. thinking of a. I'm thinking of more one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, the, I'm thinking of the Roger Moore one where he like starts snowboarding. <laughs> All right. Oh yeah. <laughs> Guys, let's get to the end of this movie. We're we're belaboring the point. Yeah. No, I, I mean, it, like, it, it, see, that's oh, the thing. That, it's because, we, like, once it gets to this point, it turns into bullshit action where they yeah. swing on trees. Nothing happens with the plot. They, you already know you got to get the, well, the they, skull they, to the place. Ox knows where to go. It's just a matter them. of, like, a fucking uh, tether, like a, um, a, what do you call it? A fucking tug of war of over Ox and, and information over, but they're all headed the same place. And fucking and uh, dipshit is like going to betray them again and is dropping trackers. And for some reason they're, they're keeping them around. They know he's going to betray them again, but they're, yeah. they're keeping them around that whole time. They go down three fucking, they, it drops three times. They go down three fucking insane waterfalls that get more, uh, deep and and dangerous by the next they actually fly out of the car in the third one and they laugh it off and they're all fine uh all old people save for older people save for uh mutt that would not matter it's a fucking waterfall and that you know it's like at that point you're like okay it's already campy they've a guy got eaten by giant ants yeah Uh, you know there's monkeys swinging on ropes like at that point you're you're just like it's washes over you the you know, a preposterous so of this movie and the, uh, yeah, nuclear blast. I don't need to keep listening. The reveal. But that waterfall shit was just like, honestly. The they're driving around. So fucking. It just boring. felt like, like, how, really testing how much the audience could take at that point. Yeah. It was oh, like, for sure. We're not going to yeah. just have one waterfall. We're going to have three That's waterfalls slowly, like, go through each one and just, like, laugh it off just to see how much you can take. And it, and I go back to that point. It's just like, oh, well, like all the other Indiana Jones are silly. And it's just, I can't think of anything that's even come close to that. Like, it's like, it's not a Death brains. Star. I don't know. It's that. like a bigger <laughs> yeah. Death Star. It's what? Right. 
it's not a Death Star. It's a bigger Death Star. <laughs> <laughs> it can take out three planets. It's a classic George Lucas. So it's like, so let me right. get this straight. Like <laughs> George, do you want to go down a waterfall? That sounds, oh, a classic sort of go down a waterfall sort of thing. And they freak out. It's like, no. Nah. Oh, no, I want, I want three waterfalls, actually. That, that, that sounds great. <laughs> Sorry, George. Yeah, and the, and the, and the third one's going to be like, the biggest. Just like Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like Splash Mountain. <laughs> <laughs> they brought pirates back. I'm going to bring Indiana Jones back. It'll be great. No one liked Star Wars. They'll, they're going to like my new Indian, Indiana Jones. That'll be, it'll be great. Um, that's nice. George Lucas, thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, I yeah. loved it. I loved it. Yeah, I did. Yeah, me too. So they roll up to the yeah, to the city of gold, uh, El Dorado. Another great, El Dorado. another great movie. <laughs> uh, and uh, I don't know, man. They John Hurt gets to this thing where they knock off some some things. Another thing that gets solved not by Indy but by John Hurt. Uh, he's yeah. just kind of like, "What is it, Ox? What is it? What is it?" And then you know, none of like. Oh, you go first, and then a guy gets taken out, and then they go behind. I don't know. All that stuff is so fun. You're talking about like step. You don't have to do it exactly the same, but you know all that fun trap stuff. It's just essential, and not it could use more of it. But uh, it it the beat the beats play out in this movie like a lot of other ones, and um, they show up, they do the thing, uh, they put the skull on the body, and the it's a hive mind. And uh, another <laughs> uh, portal to another dimension opens, and the gold reveals she itself. She wants to know everything. I want to know. I want to know. I want to know everything. Show me. Um, and the buildup <sighs> of that I thought was pretty cool, and I kind of honestly liked the hive mind idea. And the and you know you know that moment's coming, so maybe I'm primed for a little bit, but also. I don't know. Besides, apart from the ancient alien stuff, that was just kind of like, ugh. I could be watching ancient aliens instead and get the same sort of thing of him just looking at the hieroglyphs and being like, oh, they came and taught us like how to farm. <laughs> they taught us how to farm. Oh, let me hit this bomb. There are, and they and they taught us how to build and all this stuff and yeah, um, and they have all these things from the all these different like, civilizations. Yeah. yeah. That was so... And, oh, but then there was a thing where it's just like, Indy like essentially looks at the camera after all that and he's just like, they were archaeologists. What'd you think of that, Danny? Did you, did you like the fact that the, that the interdimensional beings were archaeologists as well? Like, I, I loved it. I, like, I, I really liked it. I thought it'd be really funny if they just like, 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 just like salt and pepper shakers or something from like all these different <laughs> cultures. <laughs> they had like a spoon collection. <laughs> I was thinking of like, okay, what modern stuff? So they have like a Super Nintendo. <laughs> they got like some Kiss paraphernalia. Uh, <laughs> they got like some. Uh, they got really into crack. <laughs> they got they got like a Chuck Berry record. Um, they got yeah, like uh, what other sort of. Thought you see like yeah a Star Wars uh, action figure you there find or something. Out they killed JFK. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was thinking that too. Oh my god! You and know, caused nine eleven. Oh, I was. Oh, I knew you were going there. I knew it. <laughs> oh, they, oh my god! They, they Dude, just... if it, what. 
what if like yeah what if it like start what if it like went a real dark turn and it was like adrenochrome and like like it's just all this all this like super like lizard people and all this stuff is that what the fifth one's gonna be you think it's the fifth one's just gonna be <laughs> fucking QAnon I have no conspiracies? fucking clue i haven't done any research about it. i just know it's kind of like rumor and if someone he's injured on set i guess it's happening but Man, I have no idea where. I mean, you, if well, it's still on with the way of the serials, you could go any, anywhere. It's just like picturing an older Harrison Ford going through his. Man, I want Short Round to take over. Man, I just want that. I want Short Round to to come. Well, back and so I mean, like, home. would you well, recap it's, it's, a short, it's gotta, short Round or bring it? Bring... Oh, you got to bring him back, right? Yeah, uh, but like, indeed? what is no what? Short Round? Short Round, yeah, dude, you got to bring Short Round back. That'd be awesome. If you, I mean, thing, I know like, I was saying like you're treading up old material and stuff, but like he's he's only. No, we would be in the '60s now, given his age. I think so it would be. Yeah, yeah I guess but so. then even still, short round, it, it, relatively short round nowadays is like in his. He's I mean, probably Indy's agent in Raiders. Mm-hmm. Huh. Let's then, look him up. Let's see what he's doing. Oh, I mean, interesting. I hope... Would that be if it was the JFK assassination? And that's what <laughs> yeah. he has to solve? Oh, my God. Or there's some I'm time just... travel element or something. Yeah. Oh my I can God. picture time travel totally and being a super... thing. Yeah, supernatural element is the bullet or, or whatever. Or you just make a spielberg verse and start adding other uh, Lucas and Spielberg characters to Indy. Like, just fuck, fuck it up, man. Just fuck it all up. Dude, fuck it up. <laughs> what, <laughs> if they just, up. what if they start working with, like, M. Night Shyamalan or something? Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> and then yeah. they bring in like, you know, the aliens from Signs and <laughs> and well, the killer in trees. The, or they just go this, full Fast and Furious somehow. Yeah, yeah. Even in this movie, they bring some people back. Don't know. They have two different aliens because there's the taller aliens that are the Crystal Skull aliens, and then there's the alien that we meet in the first part of the movie. I thought was really stupid that they didn't get that. Like, like the yeah, one that she, she is doing like the dissecting or whatever at the camp. She, yeah. She, is right. that's not the same one? Too. No, because then the other aliens are like really tall and yeah. all made of crystal bones. Yeah. And, and that crystal I bones. I thought they were like the so same. Stupid. I thought they were all maybe for, they were in different areas of the world, but I thought they were all like the same interdimensional being. I don't know. Yeah. That, uh, I picture, God, that uh, well, camp scene was just whatever. It just that shit just just like dragged and. It should have just been all been made up. Learning like mutts the sun, like who gives a fuck, dude? I don't give a fuck. Okay, I so what care, I would say man. say to the not giving a fuck, which is a really big problem of this movie, because it again we've already talked about it, is that you introduce the information and the conflict of the movie way too early. Like we see Kate Blanchett way too early. We also know way too much about her like mission and what she's about. And then we also understand what we don't have and what we need to get way too early. Mm-hmm. So the movie is just really fucking pointless Yeah, because just, we're like, especially that second half. Yeah. It gives them, affords them the time to not have to worry about being, the plot and just do action. Instead yeah. of it being, What? Danny? Instead Danny? of it being like propelled, can you guys hear me? Yeah. Yep. 
uh, instead of the plot being propelled forward by all the different like intricate puzzles and archaeology and stuff, this one tried to propel itself forward by like you know dumb plot reveals and stuff like oh the car is a boat and like <laughs> oh the rope's a snake and stuff like that <laughs> or like it's not it's quicksand and stuff but it was just a lot of like running around and getting captured again and stuff like it was yeah. a lot of you know an excuse to drive around motorcycles an excuse to do this an excuse to do that but like when push came to shove it all the there wasn't any like good solvable puzzles or anything it was like you know uh, the mystery was all taken out of it it was it wasn't yeah. an indiana jones movie as much as it was like you know it, it, an homage to indiana jones or something it it, it just didn't feel yeah it, it felt like yeah fan fiction i think that brings up we should get to the end of this podcast because we've been talking about this almost to nauseum a little bit like that is yeah. a good, a good <laughs> that is a good summation of this where it tries to build upon the morals or the interesting elements of the previous films but there's just like such a carefree laissez-faire attitude about it where we're going to say these things we're going to do these things but we don't really care about the purpose that they serve into the rest of the film or to the story or to the adventure we're on we're just it's like fun that we're doing this right and it like lives too much in that space yeah but i mean you know there's it, 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 a thing called suspension of disbelief and sure as much as you would suspend it more with like something a little campy and fun like you you can't you know you can't abuse that as a filmmaker as a storyteller and the second you do the audience stops wanting to you know they're not with you anymore they're against you yeah, absolutely, but these are two filmmakers that thrive on the audience loving them. And it's so weird to experience a film again. I feel like I'm beating a dead horse here, but like not oh understand God. what is good about your movies? Like it's <laughs> I know. Okay, so here's my Kanye West bit is that Given all of his controversy, which you can fucking loathe him for because he has terrible opinions on things, he is making music, and that's like, so if I were to suck at football, but I'm good at the X because I am a person, like... If you're judging me on one thing or the other, then focus on the one thing and then hate me and disrespect me for whatever I, like, don't get, which is this m movie. Like, it, they warrant all the criticism that they should get is that George Lucas and Steven Spielberg 
collectively made this movie and did not understand like presented the case or present or produced a film that doesn't understand why people like the movies that they make and then doesn't spend enough time on making even just what they know how to make is a film like it doesn't even make a whole lot of sense like i just i can't at a fundamental level of this movie and criticism of this movie is that if you were to just write out what happens in this movie, it's really kind of fucking stupid. And like, how did you not at least nail that down? Like, where is the, uh, where's the foresight or where is the semblance of what you used to make where, I wrote too much about this one thing and it doesn't make sense. I should cut it. We're... The point, the, I... there's points that are again, like uh, I think the, the structure is very similar to past Indiana Jones movie, but the thing holding it together is batshit, dude. It's just batshit. Yeah. Absolute batshit. And like uh, kind of the execution is something that, is just the glamour and and glitz of movie making without any any substance and i get that you want it to be a b sort of movie experience but you're coming from the some of the most acclaimed filmmakers that have ever existed trying to make a b movie and they don't know how dude they just don't know how to like Zero let idea. go and make it be just like a bit, a bit more rough around the edges because there's no need to, they have everything in their palette to choose from and, and inundated yeah. with new CG technology of, of what they can possibly do with, with action scenes. That's the direction they decided to, to go in and, and push their, their elder statesman of Indiana Jones at this point, two levels that he's never been before and, and go bigger uh, rather than more contained and, yeah, it's it's one of those things where when he I mentioned before when he shoots the blow dart in in the in the guy's mouth or something like there's elements where he can be his Indiana Jones self where he shoots the guy instead of going in this big sword fight where the guy is like doing the big sword thing and raiders and then he just shoots him because he's over it like that's indie like that's that's part of it Mutt can do all the fucking legwork like he doesn't need to do that he's the brains of the operation and can use his acute sort of wit to get get past all these things and think like three steps three steps ahead of, of everyone else. But in this one, rather than do that, they kind of made him into Sean Connery. Yeah. Uh, from last crusade. Uh, well, I, was I this going like. to be like a handoff? Do you think this was going to be a handoff to LaBeouf? But then because of the reviews and stuff, they're like, we got to take it back. Yeah. I think he had a bad experience with LaBeouf. I, I shouldn't speak out of turn. Cause I don't know for sure. I just would not be surprised. He seems speaking of people who are precious about their acting. I don't know. He seems like the type of person that would be straight up difficult to work with at, at certain points, you know, but, but who knows? I shouldn't, I shouldn't speak out of turn. He seems very committed to his work. No, I and, think you're yeah. safe there. I mean, there's been, he's, he's been, I mean, he's under, assault allegations from his ex uh yeah. what's her face fka twigs yeah and um yeah i don't know like the whole fury thing where he actually like sc scarred himself in his face to get into character like he gave <laughs> yeah. himself a scar in his face and like it's just that sort of thing where it's like 
motherfucker, you don't need to do that. Like Harrison Ford, if if yeah. if he did that on the set of with Harrison Ford, Harrison Ford, would probably, what the what the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah, like yeah, you just yeah. pretend you have a scar on your face and get it in makeup or something. Yeah, it's shit. a job. <laughs> just act, dude. Like, what's wrong with you? Like, you don't know how to act. Like, just shows that you don't know how to act. You just have to force yourself to really experience it. Um, yeah. But man, uh, let's. I, I'd be. I'd be super down to uh, go through just a few reviews if you guys don't mind. Yeah, I'd um, love to hear. If that's if that's the time. The critics' consensus on this, uh, the little summation that they have on Rotten Tomatoes, by the way, 78-53, if you guys forgot, not as huge of a discrepancy, but certified fresh. I want to ec- accentuate yeah. that it is certified fresh by critics, and um, that is that is the case with this movie. Though This is how the, the consensus starts. It's already making an excuse. Though the plot elements are certainly familiar... That was their excuse. They're gonna, they're gonna. Here's the butt coming. Indiana Jones and the Christmas Kingdom of the Crystal Skull still delivers the thrills, and Harrison Ford's return in the title role is more than welcome. Um, but they already kind of just like in that little consensus, it's like mm, a little bit of give of like, oh, it's <laughs> not, you know, plot elements are familiar. Yeah. 317 million box office. Uh, you know, people, people went out to see this movie. Um, and I remember everyone was ready for, for Indy to return. And I'm sure it'll be the same next time, too, if it, if it happens. But uh, let's look at some of our top critic reviews from um, Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, Deborah Ross from The Spectator, August 23rd, 2018. Everything happens so dizzyingly fast and with such a dazzling disregard. A lot of Ds. Dazzling disregard for any kind of realism it sort of doesn't matter that the plot is a silly rambling nonsense or that harrison ford is now 312 that is the most backhanded oh. fresh review oh. i've ever heard in my life all three of those yeah. were like in coded insults yeah, wow. as well um interesting oh that's weird i'm gonna i'm gonna go past uh that new yorker david den no that's a no here we go richard roper here we go classic ebert and roper's richard roper um, there's nothing but entertainment value here by Roper, May 27th, 2008. So it's just good popcorn fun. And, and I mean, these are, these are the boomers <laughs> that were aware of, uh, the generation before them partaking in this type of radio serial sort of entertainment and probably being spoken to them how, oh man, the phantom, oh, the fucking shadow is like great. And, 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 uh, you guys gotta, you kids gotta be the, so when they grew up, they're like, oh, we got to reboot all those things that our parents always told us was so great. And I don't know, seeing this, I think with a man that did, what did she say? Dizzingly fast with such dazzling disregard. Um, Jesus. <laughs> the just, letter D. <laughs> I think there's like a glitz and clamor, like fuzzy sort of thing to this movie. I, I, I it is kind of funny that she mentions that because it's that that felt more like a review for the letter d (laughs) (laughs) like by elmo on sesame street or something like sesame street (laughs) 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 um (laughs) <laughs> it's just that sentence which then further followed by a definition of alliteration it's just like, yes <laughs> and that's what that sounds like all right now we know moving on <laughs> um scott tobias from uh av club 
Nobody can orchestrate this robust silliness better than Steven Spielberg, who brings effortless visual panache to the proceedings. God, this fucking alliteration. Even when he can't entirely hide its mercenary nature. Man, these are some like not fully endorsed uh, fresh reviews, to be honest. Um, Jonathan Rosenbaum, Chicago Reader. The character and plot contrivances are dumber than ever, but this is basically vaudeville, not narrative, and the thrills keep coming. I yeah, there's just they're really giving them the benefit of the doubt, and it, yeah. it's really interesting to see when totally. we experience Hook and they were just like railing against Spielberg for Let's very yeah. similar. Uh, not okay, those aren't similar movies by any means, but some of the Spielbergisms of going a little far with some of the set pieces and stuff that they, I think some of the critics went pretty harsh on hook for is not, not as present here, which I think is, or it's here, but it's not outweighing the positives of this movie, which I think, I don't know. It's like, there is this narrative of Spielberg's career where I feel like they're, they want them to get back to having some fun and they're excited to have Lucas back. I'm sure. Um, but I'm just surprised by that assessment to to be frank um and i will pull up some uh some audience reviews as well okay <coughs> what were you gonna say brandon no i was gonna ask you if you wanted to give your summation of this movie oh i'd love to yeah um i'll just i'll just do a couple amazon reviews again amazon for for audience is really great because they will give me reviews that other people review as good <laughs> so it's like oh it's the most helpful review i'll go to the top um, I don't know, a little bit Reddit style or something like sort of shit. Uh, and so a lot of sites do it, but this has four and a half stars with 3,105 ratings on Amazon. So, wow. yeah, uh, it's very well reviewed on Amazon. Um, man, maybe, maybe I should, maybe I should read some more, um, rotten ones than, uh, you know what? I'm sorry. I completely am going backwards on you know what? Okay, I'm all over the place. I will try to find because this is the narrative that we. I honestly, I know it's a narrative that we try to fill on the show, but I will do positive reviews from critics because that's what the consensus was, and I'll do negative reviews from um, audience because that's what that consensus was there. So we are pushing a narrative here that Rotten Tomato, or we are highlighting what the narrative that Rotten Tomatoes is, is already pushing because again, like. As I've said before, people will look for a movie to watch. They'll look at the scores. They'll be like, oh, this is certified fresh. This has to be a good movie, and I will watch it. Oh, I read read a couple critics' reviews, top of the thing. Oh, it's good. I'll, I'll check it out. And that's as far as people go. So I try to give as much as a narrative that other people would push on themselves when they watch a movie to, to us as going through this podcast. Um, uh, so G. Weiss... Uh, are you kidding me? One star on Amazon. It made me cry because I love indie so much. Why? Why did they do this? It's so bad. Um, Joseph H., not worth watching. When he got into a refrigerator to escape a ground zero nuclear explosion was when I stopped watching it. <laughs> I mean, do you need to say anything more? Like, Even people that like hadn't seen this movie, I remember coming back to school... Uh, I think we were seniors in high school I, at that point. I, I was, and people just like, yeah, the new indie movie. He fucking got in the fridge and survived an explosion. Um, yeah. uh, 
historically awful by Nathan One Star. They took a wonderful franchise of fantastic adventures based in a realistic world and added a ridiculous alien mythology. This is the film equivalent of Jumping the Shark. This movie is so bad it almost makes me like the other indie films less. This is the Godfather 3 of the Indiana Jones series. It's as unsatisfying and destructive of the franchise as the last two of the Matrix trilogy. Wow. Oh, wow. So that relates to what we experienced last week as well with our uh, Revolutions episode. Um, in the pantheon yeah. of terrible sequels, this one will rival the Star Wars Christmas special for the top spot. Another Lucas. Uh, mm. Do you remember Leprechaun 5, <laughs> Leprechaun in the Hood? Sounds like a stupid movie, right? Yes. <laughs> it is. It's also 10 times better than this steaming pile of junk. <laughs> this guy's coming with the hits, this man. This guy fucks. Yeah, this guy, yeah. This guy fucks. This is, I mean, this is way better than any critic review, too. Uh, oh, save dear. yourself the time of watching in- Indian Jones. <laughs> you missed the A. Um, <laughs> and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. And do something more beneficial, like repeatedly punching yourself in the face for a couple of hours. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's my spirit right. animal. Yeah, so I'll end that. Um, people get passionate about it, man. They, they, there's some just preposterous stuff that invoke a reaction in, in even the most casual of, of movie watcher. And on that yeah. note, yeah, if I can just launch into, into my thing. Um, I, I really, as I've said in, in past reviews too, I feel like we've, we got it all out in, in, this, in this discussion. Um, and this is a movie... That has been talked about a lot when it first came out. It invoked a reaction, as I said, and and a lot of people when when it happened and um, YouTube movie reviews and, and stuff like that. I, I just remember people reacting to this movie on 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 an, on that level as as well, and or just in in videos online and social media and things like that. In two thousand eight, I don't know. It was just such a prevalent, more fresh sort of thing that. Uh, being critical of a movie and everyone kind of being on the same board about how batshit it was and kind of coming from people uh, like Spielberg and Lucas, it was just something to behold uh, as an experience and as um, a product from uh, two people that have defined many pop culture uh, and in terms of cinema ideas in, in many future movies, Jurassic Park being one of my favorite movies ever and, Indiana Jones uh, and Star Wars, like all these movies and, and Harrison Ford being Harris, uh, being uh, Indiana Jones and Han Solo and being such a fucking legend. Uh, man, seeing the, the, the things that go down, it, it does kind of provoke this, this reaction in, in people because it's, it's uh, watching the mighty fall a bit. And I don't know. I don't know. And that's a, I'm going to use that. I I always like to paraphrase paraphrase the Dark Knight quote or whatever. It's like, you know, (laughs) either uh, die a good guy or live a bit longer to see yourself become a not so good guy. I don't know. Did I become a villain? I I think it's funnier when you paraphrase it, but um, uh, (laughs) I enjoyed it. Uh, you know, that's live that's long it. enough to become quite a knucklehead. <laughs> yeah, to be a little, you either you know, you know live like a pretty cool dude, or you become a little stinker. If you keep and you know, or you, you know, you die as a as a as a cutie pie, you know, you know. But uh, I think seeing this is just a ba- bastardization of the source material to oh, the boy. point where it's near offensive. Uh, <laughs> to people that I'm sure that like love 
the love Indiana Jones even more than I do. And I'm not, again, I'm not like the biggest Indiana Jones. I, I love it. It's great. And I was sick recently and I had the flu and I watched Raiders and it made me feel better. Like watching that movie in 4k for the front end. It recently for came sure. out in 4k, uh, the, all these movies and stuff. And I watched that one in 4k and man, it's just, it's just Rots. a classic man. And, and yeah. every, from top to top to bottom and stuff. And I watched Temple of Doom recently too. And there's plenty of things you can criticize about that, but man, I have, I have a fun time watching it. And the pace of that is is unrivaled, man. And like, it's, I love this series so much. The pace of Temple of Doom, man. I, I want, I haven't seen, I can't compare that to a, another movie. It's just them dropping out of that plane and going on an adventure that is just like, so self-contained in that world and it's so much fun and he meets new characters and he goes on it's all it's all new and there was just so much old shit being brought back again of him having again i said bag his baggage is coming up in, in his face and everything and as much as i like marianne and everything it's it's just one of those things where like i'd rather have them remember them how they were <laughs> in raiders or, or something like that or have them do something fresh uh but there's there's a a laundry list of of um, cons with this movie that I've already gone through, and some of the pros would be a very like deft filmmaking and direction from Steve, from Spielberg that just seems effortless. So you take advantage of it, as I've said before. It's like some of these shots are really well done and everything like that. But and John Williams doing the score and all these great performers, but that's what makes it frustrating is all those great elements just coming all together to create kind of like a steaming pile of shit. And, uh, it's, it's, it's something to be like just blown away that it it was created, but there's a reason I haven't watched this movie since it came out in 2008 in theaters. Um, and I think that was at the turn of me becoming more critical kind of maybe more cynical sort of, uh, film watcher in my twenties and shit and kind of not loving everything I see and kind of, coming down on stuff a little bit more and it made it easier when everyone else was doing it too. And this made it very easy to, to be like, what the fuck? It's so dumb. It's so silly. And for, and for the critics to be like, Oh, you don't get it. This is what they're trying to do. Um, and so going into it with that knowledge in my second viewing this time, it didn't help. It didn't help. And I, and I, again, the same beats I was frustrated with, uh, right when the fridge thing happened, done over and i'm like fuck this movie fuck this movie fuck prairie dogs like fuck this like george lucas nostalgia for the 50s like i'm I'm over i'm over it second it opens up with the prairie dogs yeah that's the first the the mound of of paramount yeah is a fucking paramount mound mound, Mm -hmm. it turns into a prairie dog mound it, it sets up the stage for the movie it tells you what movie this is gonna be like it it, yeah and to that credit it like delivers everything from that from that moment the tone stays with you of a prairie dog hill instead of uh an opening credits thing and from that moment there's just just odd creative decisions that are not tethered in um by anyone and rather than it just those cons being like a non-starter or like a non-plus or anything like that they are actually like negative like they actually like cause detriment to the movie and and take away the good parts of it i know someone even said they they take away the good parts of the series i don't know if it goes that far like i can still watch those first three and have a great time now now there's forever gonna be 
forever going to be these fucking aliens uh, <laughs> as a canon in this universe. Yeah, the yeah. Indiana Jones. Uh-huh. Right. So I mean, like in Indiana Jones that? Five, <laughs> like you know, it, they're still in this universe that like. That nah, man. They they what they uh what did John Hurt say? They uh just like a broom cleaning up the dirt after leaving or something. Oh, I you know. mean how they? This like, is me paraphrasing movie lines. The entire if you Amazon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they just like oh more waterfalls <laughs> and just clean it all out and, <laughs> and just, yeah destroyed the amazon with the fucking spaceship <laughs> and go into the next like, dimension that thing was so big I, that yeah. Was, <laughs> that, yeah that took out that took out such a the entirety spot. of uruguay was just <laughs> decimated and and their i guess their city was surrounded by gold and yeah i'm in this oh my god that line that was like i i think i wrote it down um in my notes at least like the the basic version of it or just the ask, the last part of it. Knowledge was their treasure. Yeah, it was. And they yeah, were archaeologists. <laughs> and 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 Indy was was compare was was just relating with the aliens more so than anyone else. And to the point where like yeah. I would almost expect Indy to be like, Marianne, with you. I'm going with them. I'm leaving. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I expected so. I mean, I. It, you just can't handle the knowledge as you, you can see with Kate Blanchett. And I liked it up to the point where she kind of disintegrated. Cause again, it's like, yeah. you think of those villain deaths as just so practical and, and, yeah. and scary to see someone's face get melted off. And then, uh, you know, temple of doom with the heart and, and lot, whatever yeah. fire and lot and shit and all that stuff. I mean, the heart was the real big, big part of that, that warranted aging. a, a PG 13 rating again, like huge pop culture relevance for these. They created the PG 13 rating. Um, and then last crusade with the dude drinking that cup. Oh my God. That's yeah. The like crypt yeah. keeper shit. And by the way, it really wasn't the last crusade. Uh, by the way, the, there was more. <laughs> well, it was the last crusade for C- Jones senior. <laughs> yes. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. So, I wonder if there's um, a some sort of theory out there where he's like James Bond uh, in the same universe, like in The Rock, where he's just James Bond that shows up to uh, Alcatraz, or he's like James Bond that's locked up in Alcatraz. Uh, anyways, wait, you're, are you are you pitching a movie where The Rock is James Bond, dude? It is, and he's in in, in the same universe as right. no, Indiana there's... Jones and his son Little Nas X. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. All about family. God, I want to see him in that hat. He would kill it in that hat. He would fucking... And the whole remember. outfit, the whip. Yeah. And just, I can picture his silhouette. Just, yeah, I don't know. Young, young Indy. Boom. I can picture it. I mean, Indy gets around, man. He's been all over the world. He's, he's, yeah. he's probably, he's probably spread his... <laughs> Oh, he's okay. got... He's That's got... not the definitive quality of Little Nas X. Let's get off. No, I'm talking about Indy. Oh, no, Indy's like spread his seed all over the world with all his travels. He probably has a bunch of little Indies running out around out there. You know, that should be the next movie. It's like, what's that Vince Vaughn movie where he (laughs) donates his sperm? Yeah, Yeah, Indiana Jones movies. They only show him. They only show him with white. Oh, got little ants. Okay, I'm going to, going too long. I'm going to believe this. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come up with the rating. Yeah, what's the score? Um, what's this the score? movie would be a lot higher uh, rated if, I, again, I say, like, these things are not non-pluses. They are negatives to the movie, whereas, like, it would be like, eh, it's it's whatever. But, like, can, these these moments, like, make me upset, and it's, like, not 
not a fun thing to be in. And it turns into like, uh, so it's veers on so bad it's good, but then it just becomes frustrating again because Mm -hmm. it's not just some separate title. It it is taking something you love and bastardizing it. So it's, it's just hard to watch, man. It's really hard to watch. And I would be lying if I would saying that I, it didn't color my opinion because, and we, and, uh, I know Brandon was talking about it's with, just taking art as art and not taking as much of the contextual stuff, but it's just really, really hard when this is a pop culture like landmark in in our lives and, and childhood and and everything, and and so it's just hard as the canon of the character to not uh, be a, a kind of affected by what takes place and and what they do with him. It's just like uh, upsetting, um, and I and I don't care to watch this movie again, and it. It, it is memorable. It leaves a mark because the, the visual imagery is, is preposterous. And I, and I, I, I even watching it this time, it's like, yeah, I remember a lot of this very well. Cause I remember talking about it with people when it came out and just being like, God, I can't believe that happened. So overall those, those bad parts kind of shine greater than, than the good, uh, kind of tomb raiding stuff. And honestly, this is like one, I think Harrison Ford, while you're saying he's kind of checked out, I still think there's moments where he's fully checked in and he's really enjoying himself as Indiana Jones. Oh, there's a smile that he gives Marion when he first sees her. That's the biggest yeah, smile that I've ever seen like, Harrison Ford yeah, like, make. Oh my I God, think. he's alive. <laughs> he's, he oh. was like lit up when he saw her. I thought it was, it was amazing. Uh, I heard amazing. Um, when I was reading like a on IMDb, star. It, that was actually a mistake. They, he actually stepped on a live wire. And, uh, <laughs> like, 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 like Steven Spielberg fed him some peanut butter. Like, we got it. We got it. <laughs> he was like, That's what I'm talking about, Harrison. <laughs> him and... Him and... <laughs> we have um, jones um, is back <laughs> um so yeah my my rating it would yeah it's a 45 45 that's how i feel i think it's not halfway it's less than half of a movie to me because halfway uh would be a bit it's more like acceptable but it's like just a little what? offensive so i gotta drop it like right under 50 i think like feels good because I don't feel like I'd ever watch an under 50 movie again. And it's just, uh, uh, upsetting, really, really upsetting, um, to see what's, what's done to the, this property. If it was like a, a completely different, crazy, dumb movie that had characters that I'd never heard of before. I don't know. I might've bump might bump it up a bit, but there really is, it's hard to remove yourself from all of that and take this at face value because there is a history to this character. There's a history to this franchise and this uh, is trying to propel the story forward, and I think it detracts so much um, to the point where I would never want to watch it again, and almost try to remove it from the canon in my mind. But now that you, you say it, Danny, yeah, it's these in Indiana Jones universe, ancient aliens exist. What does that mean to an archaeologist and an anthropologist now, knowing <laughs> that aliens have crafted almost your entire history as the human race? Like, do they address that in the upcoming one where it's like, oh, by the way, all this Mayan shit was just fucking like aliens coming down and teaching us how to do math and stuff. And it's, I, yeah, that is bonkers to, to, to think about. It's one thing if like, oh, the Ark of the Covenant is like this artifact, but it's like, these are, yeah, these are ideas. These are, these are philosophical things that 
but it's also, are so what dated does that mean too. It's so it's so of the time too that I just think of ancient alien, and it's hard not to. Um, but that's that's my final piece, forty five percent. Danny, if you'd like to go. Yeah, man. Like I, I think also just to, to comment on what you were saying, I think like you know them adding aliens to it and the way they brought them in, and then like we're like, oh, they've been here, you know. They were collecting all our artifacts and all this stuff. It's like, well, they had this hive group mind that they like worked with the. Doesn't that bump into like? Because I mean, with the Ark of the Covenant, with the <laughs> so Last Crusade. Yeah, where does like, Jesus well, fit in that? Or I mean, Moses. That's I, what I'm I should saying say. is like they kind of confirmed that God and like that Moses and all that shit is real. That the Bible is in fact, or Abraham. like you know. Uh, all the dead sea scrolls and shit so that's that but then like so then the holy grail where do these like where do the aliens fit into that in the hive mind like collective consciousness also if he's they so in jesus on, or, aliens or moses was an alien too or he just he was able to look into the crystal skull as well all those guys have like looked into the crystal well, skull. Then, ancient aliens baby also the aliens are collective consciousness. Is that yes. supposed? To, and he's like in all of them. Is that supposed to mean that he, like, in the end, he's actually a like a communist? The hive mind represents communism. And like, it's it. Maybe this is like uh, this was like big Russia trying to step in, and like, <laughs> like you know, do some psyops on Americans where they're like, they're like, yeah, but in the end, really, you want to be like these aliens and be like. But that's but they proved why that wouldn't work because Kate Blanchett's head exploded or she just no it wasn't even that cool it would have been cool if her head exploded in like some cool way that she just disintegrated too much for one person I kind of like that idea but I don't know the disintegration it was so poorly was just like it it had it no great it had no like this it didn't give me like ooh god I can't look at everyone's and like so when I watch Raiders it's like oh my god it's it's gonna happen and it it's such an exclamation point and this one the guys fly up in the air she gets disintegrated ray winstone just flies floats away into nowhere it's i i don't know oh, i really yeah. wanted something horrific there was no horror so, i i totally agree and so the reason that that Sorry has to talk over your thing dude yeah a zero weight in anything is because I don't fully understand, and I'm sure you guys feel the same way, is that I don't understand what the objective is of Kate Blanchett's character. It, like, outside of, I guess, she just wants Russia to be a well, superpower. Like Psychic warfare is the next phase, yeah. It's like getting into maybe okay, that, so the future that, of Cold War. I don't fucking know. In that psychic right. warfare scene, one of the things that she says to him when she's like, she's like, we will turn you into us. You won't even know it's happening. <laughs> Comrade. <laughs> like their whole plan was to like, try and like, like get into P Americans minds and then flip uh, them into commies without even knowing about it. It's all like leading into the, what brainstorming but, sort of, uh, and this is all like coming from a mind like Lucas's or something where he's like remembering the nostalgia of red scare. But here, like seeing people act upon these red scare decisions and be like, freaked out of commies is just it's just kind of interesting seeing harrison ford well yeah, it's kind know. of familiar harrison to like, ford well, being so american like right you know? fucking now <laughs> what's that it's kind of familiar to, it's kind of familiar to what's happening like right now you mm. mean mm -hmm. like i mean people are yeah. Uh, yeah. people are slinging around 
socialism like it like they're uh, like the days of McCarthy all over again. Um, yeah, but even like but, fucking the janitor from Scrubs was like uh, was clocking Indian was thinking he was a he was a commie and a, a double agent or something. You, you guys yeah. you guys clocked that that it was the janitor from Scrubs. Oh, absolutely. Oh <laughs> no, I didn't. I, I don't even remember that. He was part. one of like the FBI guys or whatever. Yeah. CIA. Oh, okay. He was in a totally different movie. I hated that scene so fucking much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that scene was so awful because it was accusing Indy of something for what? What's the purpose? Is he? We have just no showing like, like the paranoia of the time, I guess. Yeah. Oh. Just, everyone thinks everyone's a commie and putting everyone on trial and like. What are your intentions? What are you doing here? Blah, blah, blah. It's like, I, at the beginning, I was like, ooh, like I wrote in my notes, like, oh, there's some themes of the, you know, the Red, Red Scare, Scare and all this stuff. Yeah. And and then by the time I wrote in my notes, it was like banging me over the head with it. So I was like, oh, there's not themes anymore. Yeah. This is just like fucking just uh, overturned. What's going on? <laughs> yeah, this is just text, not subtext. Yeah. yeah. Better read than dead. Um, you got anything to say for yourself? I like Ike. Yeah. Classic, dude. <laughs> Classic. Lucas loved writing that. He wrote that down in his typewriter that he wrote Star Wars on. Oh, and it was yeah. just like, and, I'm done. And was he a good was day. giggling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He put his feet up on the desk, un- und- undid a loop on his belt, <laughs> took a joyride to stack. Burger King or something, <laughs> some, or grab, grab some mall food. Same thing with like part time. Like he wrote that and he was like, oh, Yes, dude, you're doing it. <laughs> you're back, baby. You're back. <laughs> Temper. Oh, they did American um, Graffiti too, probably, right? Probably back. Yeah. Wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, back to back to my review. I like uh cuz I want to drop that on you guys and then I kind of got to get out of here. Yeah, yeah, we've uh, gone we've gone long. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, how how far along are we? This is like we're into like the hour 3. Yeah, at least, I think, yeah. <laughs> Jesus. All right, all right. So, I mean, like, uh, you know, aside from everything you guys said, which I, I very much agree with, I think that, like, these critics that you read off, I don't know, I don't know what movie those people were watching, but, like, this this was heartbreaking to watch. I yeah. think I kind of, like, you know, when it came out, you guys were in high school. I I think I was a year after you, uh, ahead of you guys and like so it wasn't something i was surrounded by people that might have gone to see it or not mm-hmm. so like it kind of just faded into the background and i knew to steer away from it mm. and oh was this your first time i'd like no i had okay. watched it like ironically maybe like a year and a half to two years ago but i mm-hmm. kind of like blocked out a lot of stuff Good. like when i went back to watch it I mean, just like you were saying with the the atomic bomb scene and everybody that was reviewing it saying, like, I turned it off after that. I actually did the same thing. Like, I did, this time watching it, I turned it off and then I, like, kept <laughs> fighting myself. I, well, for, like, like, the rest of the week, I kept fighting myself to try and, like, get the courage <laughs> to go back and watch it. And then when I went back to watch it, it was like, that never happened and i just went it just went right into the mud scene and that's when i started taking notes i was like let's just you know kind of reset <laughs> with this and pretend like that didn't happen and then you know i was able to actually it, it, like watch more of the movie and enjoy it from you know removing myself from that but it was it was god awful i mean the 
the, at least the execution of some parts. Like it was shot. There was certain shots that looked good. Some of the people mm-hmm. that they brought back were great. I liked mm-hmm. some of the nods. Like I liked in the motorcycle chase scene. We didn't talk about how he bumps into that statue, and it's a statue of uh, what's his yeah. name from like. Yeah. Yeah. And, then and then they behead yeah, him. And, and his, yeah, his head falls off. That was kind of yeah. like, that, that's kind of an, is that in bad he, taste or am I being too sensitive? <laughs> well, didn't he They wouldn't die? do that to Sean Connery. If Sean Connery had a statue, oh I don't think God. they would behead Sean Connery. Maybe. No, I but I, I mean, that's kind of, but it was kind of the funny thing because that guy is always like, you know, kind of like klutzing into stuff. And mm-hmm. it, like, it, it, that was like the joke about his character, but it was a nice nod and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think he's like a dead actor. So it was kind of like weird. That's what I, I was I saying. Like, is he still alive? Is that in bad taste? I don't know. Part of your review? Wait, how is this part of okay? How is this part of your review that we're going on a tangent about <laughs> the like uh, nice. in in Last Crusade? Okay. Well, so, this is my re- part of my review. Uh, this is uh, his yeah. review, Brandon. You'll get yeah, yours like, next. How, you get to say whatever you want in your review. <laughs> just, uh, that was such an incredible tangent that we just you guys were exploring and then yes that was weird that they did that but oh my god that's uh, the so i mean like you know i i i felt i felt i feel grossed out by the fact that this is now like canon or you know it, it's just Watch, watching these guys just kind of kill their darling, like, you know, take a good franchise that, you know, I don't I don't know if, like, you know, sure, I w- if you would have asked me, do you want to see another Indiana Jones, I'd be like, yes. Sure. But if you told me I was going to get this, I'd be like, never mind. Like, this wasn't <laughs> – and, and, like, as far as rating it goes, you were talking about rating, and I, I threw out Waterworld saying, like, you know, if I saw Waterworld on TV – I'll probably finish whatever. I'm not gonna like pull it out and be like, "Let's watch Waterworld." I strangely like that movie. It's so weird. I, mean, I like it. I like. I grew it up watching it, and I have a weird nostalgia yeah. for it. But I know everyone hates it. I strangely I like, it. like it. But I think, I think that's at your 50 percent mark, and this is underneath it. If I see this on TV, I'm not gonna finish it just out of like, you know, sheer pleasure and enjoyment. Like, uh, and uh, yeah, I, I just think that, you know. This is the work of people that, you know, got a whole bunch of yeses and you can do whatever you want kind of thing. And, uh, you know, they they didn't they lost touch with the fun and the, you know, excitement of their original piece. Or they had too much fun. (laughs) Well, what I mean is like, you know, this feels like when. You know, somebody goes back to something like that. It went, mm-hmm. That person took the words out of my mouth when they said Godfather three. Yeah, like it, where it's just like you know, to kill a mockingbird too. Go set a was that go set it, a watchman. If or you <laughs> if you don't recapture that magic, and you're not doing a service to the property or your audience or your characters or yourself, you know, it's so difficult. Like, you know, and like if it's not there, then don't put it out there yet. Like just spend a little bit more time on it make it actually indiana jones like brandon said about it being you could just feel each scene was just on a storyboard and they just yeah. did it and then overly overly story, storyboarded i think yeah it's a theory yeah but. and i mean like like certain locations and stuff it was just like you know these people are all gonna wear blue you know cardigans these people are all gonna wear greaser stuff and then that's it and like it just <laughs> felt 
it didn't feel like a real intricate world or anything. It just felt like, you know, a couple set decks and then they jumped to the, the Amazon and they're like, yeah, now we can just do caves and jungle. We're good now. And yeah, it just kind of felt, uh, like uninspired as far as the plot goes. Mm. Um, which, you know, you know, I love, uh, I love this property and I love, you know, all the, uh, all the originals like to death. So, mm-hmm. You know, I felt like it. I, I felt like I was done dirty. Yeah. Uh, I so I'm gonna probably give it like yeah, like a 34 or something, like mm-hmm. something low, low enough that I wouldn't watch it like on purpose. Oh, man. Uh, for uh, before I get out of here, I wanted to say I looked up the uh, cast for the fifth Indiana Jones, and there's oh. no Shia LaBeouf. We don't get yeah. a um, mutt repeat. Um, Smart but move. it's going to be Antonio Banderas, uh, Mads Mikkelsen, cool. Harrison Ford, obviously, cool. uh, Boyd Hallbrook, who he was like in, um, uh, Logan and like that predator movie that came out. Oh yeah. Sucked. Yeah. He's, he's a good, he's, he's, a, a he's got a good look for it, it in his IMDb B picture. He's wearing a little hat. Yeah, and I'm wondering if he's gonna take over the mutt character, or he, he looks like he's gonna some sort of sidekick. Just some other bastard child of Indies. <laughs> yeah, and then they have these two British actors, Phoebe Waller-Bridge from that Fleabag show. And oh Toby yeah, Jones she's great. Like, yeah, yeah, she's, she's awesome. helping, write, or she helped write the new, or she punched up the new Bond movie as well. Oh no way! Mm-hmm. She, wow, I feel like she added really cool. humor or something. <laughs> They needed her for jokes. And they got John Williams back again for the music, uh, which, you know, could be good. But, yeah, Bonkers. I mean, I I, uh, I think they're going to have to do a lot of work to get us back to, you know, square one. When Do you see that Spielberg's not even directing it? It's uh, James Mangold, which I – is that the director of Logan as well? Oh. Yeah, it's the director oh, of Logan really? is directing it. And Dude, uh, I'm down with that. That's – that's going to be awesome. That's what we need is like, yeah, dude, get the, get them out of there. Let, stop letting them, you know, shoot did, themselves uh, in the foot. Ford versus Ferrari and Logan and the Wolverine and uh, 310 to Yuma. Hey, hey man. He kn- walk the line. He knows how to drive it. Those, those are all pretty well-driven movies, you know? It's got a couple stinkers in there like night and day, but, you know, see what happens. Yeah, well, you can't, you can't win them all. Um, I think you're but, right though. Getting yeah. their getting their hands a little separated. I mean, that's what happened with Lucas and Star Wars, and I mean, for what it's. I mean, now it's in the grubby paws of Disney, but you know, Mickey Mouse. Well, and also, sorry, the, the nice clean gloves sense, of Mickey Mouse. In the archaeological <laughs> sense, I think there's tons of things that they could have done that were more based in, you know, if you want to do homage to it. You know, go to Easter Island. Go to like you know, there, there's aliens really and shit there too. I know, right? I get what I get what you well, mean. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just I I just mean like you know, there's more stories to tell. Yeah. That they could have told in and given Bermuda Triangle, sure, Atlantis. Sure, not not all of the stories that they've had. Like, do they show all factual, accurate things? But at the same time you know, they kind of at least immerse you in it a little bit where you feel like, you know, you're learning about something or you're, you know, it's, it, it, it felt like he was a hero of like, yes, he was masculine and manly, but at the same time, he was also a scholar and an educator. 
and I somebody who's smart. And That's so, so cool. Yeah. You know, he's a character that you look up to for being like, you know, a, a historian and wanting That's, to yeah, preserve. Yeah, that's so cool. Just know, like the aliens do, they're archaeologists too. And, and I mean, this just didn't seem like it, like you know, favored him for being so smart and everything. And mm. like, I feel like that's you know, we need to start going back to like you know, holding up like intelligence and characters and in our stories more because you know the intelligence level of our antagonists in movies has kind of dropped to like a very low threshold. Um, so I, I, I just, you know, that was a character that I'd like to see if they, if they, you know, change something, at least make the plot and make Indiana Jones be who he's always been. You know, it, it, it's, it's not like we changed Indiana Jones's. So uh, like, yes, he can be older and gruff still, but, you know, I didn't, I didn't see that like genius archaeologist uh, that much in this movie. Uh, and it's yeah. also because the stuff that he's talking about is all made up nonsense. <laughs> like, or he's just gotten you know off I mean? like a motorcycle that slid down the library, and then he teaches a lesson. Then it's like I can't even listen to you. Right or now. <laughs> yeah, he's like, oh, I love all the crystal schools. Me and my friends used to go visit them, and blah blah blah, blah. and then. Like everything after that, it's like, oh, of course, you know, magnets and, you know, skeleton, uh, crystal skeletons and stuff. And it's like, dude, what are you doing? Like, like, you know, you don't have to do everything from the rough draft. You know, you who who's helping you? And uh, yeah, I mean, I don't think that Steven Spielberg should take so much advice from George Lucas. You know, I think I even he said so much. He's I, I think no. in interviews he's kind of not place blame in Luke, George Lucas's hands, but been more like this is kind of his more of his idea to do this spaceman from Mars yeah. sort of thing that he always wanted to yeah. do with Indy, and I kind of agreed to direct it. But yeah, you can definitely feel a lot yeah, of well, Spielberg stuff in here. I, again, like leading up to Tintin, there's a lot of stuff in here that just reeks of like these. Uh, Rube, Rube Goldberg sort of action scenes where one thing leads to another and they just keep uh, escalating and escalating <laughs> like you're swinging on tree branches to like getting your balls hit while doing a rapier uh, fencing yeah. fencing battle and, ant, and then ants eat people and then they go down three waterfalls and it's just like, it's like yeah that vaudeville comment man is starting to make sense to me it's shit yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> if they started playing that like yeah. like yakety sax during the waterfall it would yeah, yeah. fit right fucking in or what even during the motorcycle chase or something like john williams is like fuck it i've seen what this movie is i guess you want yakety sax i'm doing john williams yakety sax <laughs> um so yeah i mean i uh i am pretty uh pretty bummed out with this one I don't know who's doing the James Bond one, but if you guys are going to do the new Bond movie, I want to throw my hat into the ring for that one. Brandon's making uh, the bet. If we're doing polarized bets, if you guys want to make a bet right now over what, do you want to make a bet what the critics rating would be, Brandon? I'll bet the audience. <laughs> or we can we can all well, do, let's know. all bet the critics or something. Let's all bet what the critics what, will what be. If, and we'll, we'll check what in. What the critics said about, uh, the critics, did the critics like the last one or not? No. 
Mm, I think it was very but like lukewarm sort audience, of feeling. And did I, audiences like 63 61 it's all very lukewarm and i feel like it's just going to be honestly i feel like it's going to be about the same that's my guess it may be when they revealed it lukewarm like not as polarizing but just kind of like can i just say my piece about this movie yeah let's let's get let's get brandon to to wrap up let's not let's not get crazy here with bond (laughs) yeah hold on we can finish this let me just say my piece uh so donda Similarly, we all know to, where this is going. <laughs> yeah. Similarly to Donda, the people rating this film, rating this piece of music, can't get out of their own fucking butts. But the critics say, like this one, you know. They like the they like those aspects of of what they're sure. putting out, you know. Yeah, absolutely. But there is similarly on a critics liking it in the sense of this movie and critics hating it in the sense of Donda is that they are incapable of taking out the context of what's happening in films and look at the piece of music, look at the movie that's in front of them and go, there are things that are good about it, things that are bad about it and be more subjective than superimposing so much of nostalgia or so much of politically and in sociologically that is happening in both of the cases. Would you say if I can be devil's advocate that it's hard not to, when people like George Lucas and Kanye West, like put so much of themselves into the material. It it's why we're talking about them in the first place. Mm -hmm. It's the, of course are going to make things that are going to be shitty or not going to get things, but they're just making things that are so um, like important to themselves and what they think is important to like the culture. And there is a critique, there is a nostalgia, there is so many elements built into this that are worth critiquing. But when you're looking at it, I think there is a way to be it Donda, be it crystal skull is (laughs) remove remove some of the uh, remove the stuff surrounding it and really try to focus on what is happening in this it's hard it's fucking difficult because kanye makes it really hard too like he makes it very hard for you to ignore him right absolutely if you pay attention to that kind of shit i'm sure people don't plenty people don't and don't give a fuck but yeah if he he's he makes himself known right absolutely to put it mildly and plenty of people makes, watch, watch movies and they're not like, oh, how is this cinema? How is this, uh, you know, pushing the envelope or moving things forward in movie going? Like, they're, you know, yeah. you can still look at it as Kanye West or as these directors in a similar way where they're making things in a at a scale that is worth commenting on which is why we're watching them and they're also uh or commenting or even using past bits of prior movies or albums in their new thing so they are forcing you to think contextually about their careers and and what they've done in the past too and it's hard to avoid that right you know and and people like the old kanye do they not they want the old kanye 
and they want the old Spielberg mm-hmm. and the old Lucas. You see this, Danny? And I'm helping him out here. I'm 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 fulfilling this this uh, comparison. Yeah, well, I mean, I got to get out of here. <laughs> uh, okay, we got to let Brandon get his piece. So we said a lot. We, we I said a lot. What no, I, well, we said I, we. You didn't get your full piece. So please, Brandon, take your time. No, I don't. Dan, to, Danny, I don't, you, do I don't you want to head out right now? I do gotta go. Yeah, okay. no, I didn't mean that as a rude thing. <laughs> it's it was supposed to be half joke, half true. <laughs> well, it's been uh, a pleasure, yeah, uh, Danny. Thanks for having it's, me, fellas. Always hey, uh, feel free to come hey. back anytime. Anytime you see another um, polarizing movie, please let us know, and we'll we'll uh, we'll discuss it. And, uh, if you want to make a bet him, on No I'm Time gonna... to Die, now would be the time. Yeah, I'm gonna say uh, that. The audience is going to go 73, and the That's critics are going to go like 44. Wow. Yeah. I think That's, That's a pretty a good. good guess. That's a pretty great guess. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I, I think um, it's probably going to be the most contrived work that uh, uh, Fukushima, what is his name? Not Fukushima. Carrie Fukunaga. Yeah, Carrie Fukunaga. Yeah, not for I'm, so, I'm so sorry. <laughs> That's definitely not it. <laughs> I, I am. I am being as general and as racist as this movie is because there is so much of, of that kind of shit in this movie. I swear um, to God, oh, wait, wait, can, I, can I just say my my piece? Do you do you got one minute? I'll just say my score then. Well, yeah, yeah go for it. I'm going to give this movie a 48%. I, I really don't think this does a lot of good for the culture. I think you can, my 48% is almost like there is a level of skill and work put into the filmmaking that produces a movie at this level, but it is not worth praise because it has no real, voice or it doesn't come from a place that is cool or interesting Mm -hmm. it's it's it it's worth it in the sense that this movie has a scale to it like this is go you know eat popcorn go to the movie Mm -hmm. for sure to watch this and this kind of shit but man they i don't want to encourage this this isn't going to inspire a new generation of movie goers mm-hmm. and fil- film watchers to go, man, wow, what a crazy good time this is. No, it's like a nonsensical bullshit adventure mm-hmm. that where you don't understand a lot of the motives of anybody and a majority of the characters aren't given the time of day. Like, this movie can go fuck itself mm-hmm. in, in a particular <laughs> way. And yeah. I will, I will at least give it somewhat. Oh man, this is where I'm getting into this where. No, you know what? But it's not going to give it 48%. That's Brandon. The the directors are not doing anything new, man. They're they're, they're, there. It doesn't, it's not going to make, it's not going to make children like want to go check out old Indiana Jones movies. No, not like, Oh wow. Uh, this is so cool. I want to like, you know, watch all of them. And that's what, if, if it doesn't do that, then why did you do it in the first place? You know, if it doesn't like, they're trying to get those ancient aliens heads. I'm not going to show this to Ellie. I'm going to show her the three and then stop. Like there's no, uh, then be like, don't worry about that. That never happened. Yeah. 
why why would um, anyone want to watch this movie again man it's like and the people yeah. that do enjoy it, it's like and even when the 4k set just came out i think recently and they make it all four and that it's just Jeez. something upsetting about it <laughs> not to be a purist well, about it guys. or anything and i'm not the most again devote indiana jones fans but i fan and i don't think any of us really are necessarily but it is a part of the pop culture it's a like Brandon says, it's they're not doing it for the for the culture. It's it goes against the grain of everything. I think, yeah. Um, but thank you so much, Danny. Uh, yeah, Danny. It's yeah, been, been a true I pleasure, as I said. Love the polar bears. Love you, man. Love yeah, polar, yeah, bear. polar bear. We're my polar bears. Big shout out to my my polar bears out there. <laughs> 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 is, that, is that the? Yeah, we never do. <laughs> Anyways, um, I'll catch you guys later, Brandon. I'm gonna check out Donda, and I haven't listened to it yet. So I want you to uh, think of Kingdom of the Crystal Skull the get... whole time you're listening to it. Yeah, yeah you know, maybe I'll really uh, it'll open my eyes, and maybe like you know, I just don't get it yet. Um, yeah. So I'll let you know. I'll give you feedback on that. You guys have a good rest of your night, and uh, you too, thanks man. for having me. I'm... Thank you so much. All right, la- later. Um, so. That yeah. was that was Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Uh, oh, Jesus! We got um, to talk about Donda. We yep. got to the heart of the matter. Mm-hmm. This was this was good. This was positive. I think this is our critique of this movie should be: we're trying to put it out into the culture that it is not okay to like is to championing something that is this thing to fit your agenda and like this isn't a the same way you would go against hook to fit your agenda or something too it's like it's it's an interesting sort of parallel in opposite directions i i guess uh of those two movies and i know hook was around at a time when rotten tomatoes wasn't as as relevant or, or anything but they weren't yeah there's parts of that to go off that what you've been kind of driving home i think this episode to that yeah and i already made this point but they're not really thinking of uh just the movie there's so much else involved um but damn it it's hard to remove yourself from that yeah even in the way that like you know, I was rereading Harry Potter books because they came out with the hardcover illustrated ones um, that are gorgeous illustrations and this big hardcover book. And um, it was just a very easy, like, kind of like easy read to kind of like, honestly, for bedtime too. I do it like before I go to sleep and it put me right to sleep as a nice little uh, bedtime Uh story. And everything going on with J.K. Rowling, man, is so upsetting. And uh, all the transpho and all the transphobic shit. And it's really hard to reconcile that so it's like yeah i stopped at uh fucking prisoner of azkaban and it just would be upsetting this may be i don't know if this is the right place to to talk about it but it's just that sort of thing where it's hard to remove context and vastly different things vastly different things transphobia and everything but you brought up kanye and he has some of that shit attached to him as as well especially this album and so it's just like uh yeah, it's hard to remove uh, those things entirely when they're put in, put in your face uh, in an upsetting way. But this is, yeah, I don't know if it, it's, it's just, I think we're everything's so much more transparent and we're purview to people's lives. Crazy shit happened 
in Hollywood, uh, you know, back in, <laughs> in the sixties and all the time, these guys are even making movies to begin with. And it just wasn't as well documented and, and all that stuff. So it's just interesting having, uh, celebrities have their voices, speak it out in the world and then have that context go into the art going forward as, as well. Um, there's always, you know, there's been drama tabloid stuff and, in early Hollywood and, but the type of shit that, yeah, even, I mean, Danny brought up once upon a time in Hollywood and you know, that you think of the whole, uh, you know, what's, what's her, I'm, I'm blank, I'm fucking this up now, but Robert Wagner and Christopher Walken and, um, damn it. Fucking, uh, what's her face that got that drowned. Oh God. Uh, I'm just forget it. <laughs> Uh, but just the crazy shit that happens in, in, in Hollywood. And then now it's, yeah. I'm going on such a big, long-winded tirade that's about vastly different things. But still, it's like we we know uh, too much to simply watch art or like partake in art sometimes as just as it is. And yeah. even going into these movies that we watch, I, re- I try to avoid too much research. I try to avoid too many like... Uh, how other people feel about it or, or, or contextual clues about what the time that it came out. And I think I try to, to face, like watch it at face value as much as I can. Um, and, and understand it even more so as an audience member sometimes, but then if there is a difference, because I just think generally stereotypically the critics just know more about the movie and like we've talked about as well. Uh, and it, and it colors my, my opinion the same way as, I don't know when a new album comes out. Sometimes I will actively kind of avoid it at the beginning when everyone's kind of like making a bunch of hubbub about it. And I'll try to avoid like everyone's feelings and all that stuff. And then I'll kind of like let it kind of break into it myself in my own slow way. And once everyone kind of has their feels outside of context Mm -hmm. is what you're talking about is that you prefer to enjoy music for this, like uh, almost this fixture in a, in a piece of history and in Mm -hmm. a piece of time. And then you're going to arrive to it on your own Mm -hmm. with, and if even with like an Oscar movie, like a movie that's won Oscar, like best picture or something, it's like, I'll wait for it to die down a bit and then I'll, I'll watch it. But then even by that point, the hype is, is so big. So it's just, it's hard when you know, yeah. When you know so much and, and you have uh, so many people commentating on, on everything, it's exactly what we're doing right now as well. Uh, but damn it. It's, it's, uh, it's a fulfilling, we're trying to bring good fulfilling. energy into this. Oh though. yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, like we have, mentioned and highlighted certain things about this movie and have said that these filmmakers want to make a movie that people are entertained by the problem is is that you think they're they're making it and not understanding what is actually the most entertaining parts about it and there's also when looking at this piece of movie uh you're not able to think outside yourself and to and and you Mm. you have to be you have to be like oh but it's gotta be this thing it's gotta be like this it has to have all of these structures and the semblance of things and i ultimately you're you're not being like you're not being present you're not seeing what is happening mm. on screen and you're spending too much time in the other realm outside mm-hmm. of it to not be able to 
look at the flaws of it well enough and not to be able to highlight the parts of it in a way that like I think a critique is supposed to comment on things to almost encourage like these are the things that you like oh keep doing more of this this is what we want and I just can't understand how critics look at Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull and highlight a lot of this yeah because it's not it's not fulfilling the like what I would hope critics would like to see more in films, which mm-hmm. is it doesn't have to be a huge production. It can be extravagant in ways that highlight like fundamental emotions or like better, I don't know, intricacies of relationships or like why people want to be the thing like how that you can project yourself onto indiana jones like that kind of stuff like it just doesn't get it yeah i it's it's such an odd experience uh to to behold and it's just it's just baffling the decisions that are made and the resources that they have to be able to do it too and now it's it's almost become commonplace with some of the superhero shit where there is this this formula and everything and and you can loosely adhere to it and and still get the point across but then also do some really just like either vanilla stuff or things that are or are only being able to be propagated because they're standing on the shoulders of other movies and uh it's a copy and paste sort of sort of experience uh, or it's just to the point where the characters are just backseats to the overall structure of, of what's going on. And I think that was kind of the part in this one too, where it's like, you just want to watch Indiana Jones make all the moves. Like I, I think Danny was kind of expressing that too. And there's just more of the structure of this movie that is about George Lucas's dream of making a serial about spacemen and getting to that point rather than having Indiana Jones uh, push his way through the narrative and um, be a little bit more have his have his ego take take hold of things, and it seemed like people were trying to like neuter him a bit in this movie, whether it be uh, Marion or or Mutt or whatever, constantly calling him old, and uh, you know him losing his teaching guy. It's just like and trying to get out of the dry sand and everything. It's 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 de debilitating and not the de- not dehumanized, but just like uh, it's 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 detracting from the character that is yeah. Indiana it's a, Jones. It's and it's like, on the character. Yeah, yeah. It's like almost, you have enough diehard movies with John McClane. It's like, eventually John McClane's just going to lose his flavor a bit. Cause it's just, is this, this is just his normal day is doing all like he, he's diehard. So many diehearted so many times by now. It's like, there's something about knowing that it's an every man and this is some crazy shit that happens in his life. And then he goes back to being a fucking cop in New York, whatever he, he's, he's on vacation in LA. He's a cop in New York, right? McLean. And, and instead he's just like this dude that goes on, he's like launching cars into helicopters by the fourth one and stuff. And it's just, it's the whole point of it's been removed, even like Rambo or something too, where he's supposed to be this like dude, Vietnam vet dealing with PTSD and this, uh, this poor like uh injured sort of wild dog or something that's that's uh that maybe that that's offensive or something but he just his ptsd is such such a huge part of that and him act, trying to avoid the violence but knowing that 
he can go to that place and he's forced to go to that place and he does. And then the rest of the movies are all about like glorifying that. And it's just this bastardization of, of these franchise characters that you were saying, like they highlight these things that they think that people want while, while that may be so they also somehow remove the things and detract from the things that you do like by adding too much of, of, like whatever it's like if you like cheesecake that's great you're not going to eat like a whole cheesecake i don't know it's like like Uh oh keep pumping cheesecake down your throat with a funnel or something it's going to get a little sweet and like you're going to want to fucking barf and there was something about this where it's just like the most climactic moments of the past ones were like on full display throughout the whole movie (laughs) and it was like a headache man it was just just a headache to to talk specifically about about this one but um yeah, that's my whole that's my whole t- tirade. Thank you for thank you for coming for my TED talk about <laughs> Crystal Skull. <laughs> I I loved it. Yeah. Um, I would can I just I want to posit this out in the universe because I really just hope this happens. This is that there is a reality that we could achieve where Indiana Jones is an archetype of a character that you can put anybody. In, it doesn't have to not anybody necessarily but it doesn't have to be harrison ford there is an adventure mm-hmm. and a fundamental feeling that comes from these movies mm-hmm. there was just in this case and that's how it goes with james bond is is that you got harrison ford for three movies that were exciting and thrilling and then you did die another day <laughs> And then you do die another day. Don't do that. Just like really have a, I just, when you watch these movies, it's hard to, it it like starts becoming like this exercise in futility of like, how do people not realize that this person is, or the script is too forced or they're not, in it anymore for what the art is because it's spielberg and and lucas man no one can tell him it's just like whatever you say boss whatever you say man like and kathleen kathleen kennedy's just like yep put the bill whatever i mean it's it's indy four like we'll make our money back and they did yeah i just i would proposition then and this will be the end of my ted talk is is that (laughs) your franchise could be worth 10x what it is if you made three indie movies then maybe made two indie movies with just replace the actor altogether but make the same indie movie mm-hmm. just in my head i keep thinking independent movie for a second and then i have to remind myself <laughs> it's funny when you say indie movie <laughs> oh sorry oh no it's, yeah, it's my own <laughs> it's funny uh, I was like, wait, what? Yeah. It's a Requiem for a Dream-esque, you know. <laughs> yeah, make it an jump. indie movie. <laughs> yeah, just make it super fucking artsy. Yeah. It's like, it, all all this indie movie is, is that it's they're in a um, museum, and that's is really, it's like a museum and then their apartment. Those are the only two sets that they have. <laughs> um, <laughs> in outer space, they go to, or they go to the, another, and, the other and, dimension, and there's like a, there's a surreal uh, dream sequence in Alien World. <laughs> and it's, it's just comment on fucking, like, I don't know, just uh, the space race that's happening in our reality <laughs> right now you know 
you shouldn't even be going to space. You should be trying to go into another dimension. That's what they, that's right. what they should be trying to do. It's right under your nose. And, and then the, the, Am the waters of the Amazon just wash it away. It's a, it's a beautiful thing. Knowledge is their power. No, it's just what, yeah, they found, I think that was something, and, and, and I got to stop talking about this movie, but why? Like, why did they find us so fascinating? Why did they want to do this? It's just, I mean, I guess there's other indie movies where that's not necessarily answered, but it's just like, if you're going to start talking about that stuff, I don't know. There, the, mis the mystery, the, the illusion of mystery is not anything I, I care about. I, I don't know. There's no, there's no, uh, it's just aliens there's are something we always think about i guess but it just there's the artist the artifact is a crystal skull that just doesn't it, it's just it's silly man and i know it's the whole point of this movie is is silly and campy but uh it just doesn't have that real world attachment that yeah like the ark of the covenant or the last crusade with the grail and everything of like uh something that exists in the real world that oh the magic is real and it's it's really out there it's just uh yeah i don't know i'm 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 going it's it, this is like you like you said this is starting to get to ad nauseum probably <laughs> let's wrap it up let's wrap it up uh I, 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 do you no, want me to uh, shoot some possible yeah. movies at you and and uh and we yeah, can please. we can decide uh we we were thinking of going more uh critic favorites um yeah so let's i can give you up. a couple if you care yeah let's see here what do we got um ba, 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 ba. i believe correct me if i'm wrong ad astra was one that was uh critic a favorite critic favorite and that was um something that was not liked so much by audience yes that is an 83 critics 40 percent audience so i'll throw that one out there Sausage Party, um, The Wit. And Sausage Party is not really like an arts. I don't know. Critics love it, though. Yeah. Um, the Witch. Uh, what's Noah sitting at? Because I had this weird vision in my mind of what an Aronofsky Indiana Jones movie would be if talking about that whole uh, possible dream sequence. We, we should do Noah. What's that at? 76, Certified Fresh, 41, Audience Score. Let's do Noah. You want to do Noah? Yeah. Aronofsky movie could be cool. I, I wonder what mother's mother's at too. Um, just out of curiosity, because that that's a that's a bad shit movie. Um, sixty eight fifty one. Um, Aronofsky's a uh, a guy that uh, is a I think a polarizing figure in general, and yeah. uh, some of his movies um, can create reaction. I think old polarized movies just create reactions out of people. I think his his do that pretty effectively and. In all sorts of ways, so okay. Do some Noah. I don't think you've ever seen that, Brandon. I have not. Cool. Um, I like I like Aronofsky for the most part. Yeah, he's doing a Brendan Fraser movie coming up here soon. That'll that's gonna be interesting. <laughs> yeah, it's called The Whale with a uh, uh, Brendan Fraser, who's I think he's put on some weight for it as well. Um, Brendan Fraser has. Yes, yeah. I think I don't know. I think it's for He's that. Sorry, it's pretty heavy now. I think He's he already kind of. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to comment He's too much heavy. on someone's someone's weight for it, but I th I think he was purposely getting some weight for that role what as did, well. But what did I just see him? Okay, I saw him. It was so it No Sudden Move, the, the Soderberg no. Soderberg movie. He was in that as like some gangster. Oh yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes. That's exactly Is that what it was what called. I saw? Yeah, yeah. He's uh, cool. No. Um, 
it's not no sudden move. It's what, like what is it called? Oh, it's like oh, is it no sudden move? I thought oh, that's, it is. Yeah, that's it with your Benicio yep. and uh, Don Chilo. Al Algae. What is it in space? Algae Geo rhythm. <laughs> algae yeah. rhythm. <laughs> algae rhythm. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. Okay. Oh, boy. On that, on that uh, note, music note, um, we will say our adieus. Um, you can find us on Twitch at Polarized Pod, uh, Twitter, Polarize the Pod. Um, we are on iTunes, Spotify, all these places you find podcasts. Uh, if you can rate and review and subscribe on iTunes, that would be lovely. Uh, speaking of lovely, I, I love you guys so much, as I always say every week. Brandon, is there anything that you would like else you would like to put out into the universe? I would like to put out in the universe that I love movies and yeah. I love doing this podcast. Yeah, same, dude. I appreciate that sentiment and I would like to reciprocate it. Um, this is always a journey every week uh, yeah. to do this. And uh, it makes watching Indiana Jones, Kim the Crystal Skull, an active experience where as if I did not do this podcast, I would either turn it off at the fridge or roll over and go on my phone or something. But I actively watched this movie and we actively yep. had a reaction to it on this podcast and you guys got to experience it. Um, and it, if nothing else, me and you got to have this conversation and that's, that's what I appreciate that's the most in getting together with Danny and all that. That's, that's just uh, the best. Um, the best. And the movies rock. Yeah, dude. All, all, all movies Music rocks. Yeah. Art, art rocks. I oh, like yeah, art I mean, a lot. Expression of of yourself out into the world, um, and and uh, it just it just comes our way, and and we like to react to it. We like to hear other people react to it. We're inspired by them to do it ourselves, and and here we are, and we're having a good time. We hope that comes across to you guys. Um, I was gonna say our uh, possibly our our Gmail as well, in case anyone wants to contact us. I guess you can just go on. Um, Twitter, but if you care to email us, polarize the pod at gmail.com. Um, any questions or anything? I don't know. We'll read them on air or yeah. on, on the podcast yeah. or anything. We'll, we'll discuss if you guys have any, any you know uh, at this point, qualms or critiques. issues with us. <laughs> Fucking I don't, I don't want to fully put it out there, but right now, you know, we're, we're just starting out. If, if you have some critiques, we'll yeah, hear something. Please. Yeah. We've been throwing ours. Please throw your yours right back at us. It, it, I, yeah. <laughs> we're down for backseat podcasting, please. <laughs> absolutely um but yes i bid you brandon adieu i bid you i, br I bid you i bid you audience <laughs> adieu i bid you critics adieu and to That's all you. your tomatoes whether fresh or rotten uh may you love yourself Rot and others and uh spread positivity <laughs> you're all certified fresh to me oh <laughs> bye <laughs>